going on, folks? Welcome to another week to Live Life Aggressive Show. This is Sincere Hogan. That's Mike Mahler on the other side. What's going on, homeboy? I'm doing good, man. Got a great guest today. Looking forward to talking to him. And I think I think the theme of the show today will be transitions because this guy made a, a really interesting transition, especially for both of us who are in the fitness industry. And I know you used to be in the porn industry, sincere, and you hey, transitioned to fitness. Come on, let's let's define what transitions <laughs> mean because these days, you know, with all the political correctness going on, you got to define what transition means now. I mean, folks, just just look up Chocolate Thunder Special. I, just, I, don't want people, I don't want people thinking that I'm going to end up having my own reality show on E for my transition. Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to clarify that. So. Let's, just, let's just say some of the things that Sincere saw can't be unseen. Cannot be unseen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But before we get to our guest, I just wanted to give a shout out to some great guests, or not guests, rather, listeners who have been going the extra mile to support the show. And we've got John, John Helbling, Ken Mancy, Sean O'Brien, William Abel, James Walsh, Daniel Bauer, Steve Costello, Willie Stothers, Scott Galloway, and my good friend David Gunter. And Dave's a cool guy because he's actually a good friend of mine, and he's never someone who tries to get anything for free. You know, he's not one of those guys who's like, "Hey, man, uh, you think you can hook me up with a few bottles, and I'll get you back at some point?" <laughs> and it's it's funny how people will willingly pay strangers for products and services. But they're always trying to get stuff from friends for free, the same exact products and services. I mean, that a real friend is not going to cannibalize your business. They're actually going to support it. So anyway, we won't get into that segue now. But these are people that have been using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements you can buy. So it's a really a win-win situation. They're supporting the show. They're getting the best nutrition products out there. And then they're getting great results with that. So there's there's no loser in this scenario. Now – the only people that are taking advantage are people that are listening right now who have never supported the show. You've never given us a review. You've never shared an episode. You never bought anything. You know, we call you the triple. We call you the triple loser because you've struck out on everything that you could possibly do, right? So you don't want to buy anything. Fine, you're cheap. Okay, we get that. But you don't want to share the episode. You don't want to talk about it. But you want to listen to it every week. And if you don't like the show, then don't listen. That's okay. Side note, somebody, let's not give them so much play. Let's, let's look out for the people who actually do support the show. Because I've noticed that we give the losers way too much airtime. They know they're losers, man. <laughs> we get it. So we give them way too much freaking airtime, man. Well, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind calling out some names, but you just gotta just let us know. <laughs> you know, we'll be happy to give you a shout out. <laughs> but um, you know, and also, man, for people who actually like took that second tier of supporting the show over on patreon.com slash LLA podcast, new Patreon subscribers, man, who support the show on a monthly basis, Anthony Rodriguez, Simon Knight, Zach Wilgan. And Isaac Wilkins, a good friend of mine, he's also bought products from me, and I'm, I think he's bought products from you as well. Yeah, yeah, I and think we so. met years ago um, through um, through Zach Evanesh years ago, man. But you know, here's again someone that doesn't use the homeboy card. You know, Isaac and I are really good friends. He didn't sit there and say, "Hey, man, hook me up with a Sharia door, man." You know, you're my boy and all. You know, we're underground strength brothers and all that. He didn't do that. And on top of that. Isaac also stepped up, and his pledge is $10 a month. He didn't even bothered doing the $5 pledge that, I, you know, I say at the bare minimum. He actually followed my advice, and that one that's sitting in the box, he put a zero behind it. So thanks to Isaac for that, man, and supporting the show, and everyone awesome. else that supports us over at Patreon. The cool thing is this, this past month of Patreon, all that money didn't even go to us to take care of the bills and everything that has to do with the show. Actually, all of that actually went to our good friend Jay Snyberg, man, to help him fight cancer and help him with his bills and help his family. So that's, as promised, that's what we wanted to do and take 
this you know this past month's Patreon and donate that to him, man. So I, I made sure that when that donation was made, it was on behalf of the LA LLA podcast Patreon supporters. It wasn't from Mike Mahler. It wasn't from Sincere Hogan. We've done our donations. That right there came from our listeners who support us through Patreon, and I made sure that you guys were acknowledged for that. So thank you for that. Yeah. Also, speaking of supporting people, I've I was I learned about a olympic level pole vulture her name is kira grunberg and she had a terrible accident recently and she's now a paraplegic so we're trying to do a fundraiser for her you can go to www.donationkira.com to send her some money she's a really tough lady she's got high spirits despite the horrible situation but you know olympic level athletes it sounds like they must be making a lot of money but they're really not especially if they're not placing medals exactly so anyway, just check out her story, and, and if you have some, some money to spare, send over a little bit help her out, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll add that link into the show notes for this week as well. Okay, cool. Gavin, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on over there. Are you, are you a carpenter by the way? He's over there welding. He's building, he's building a machine over there. He's a- uh, the, the, dojo that, the dojo that we have, we are directly in front of the J&M subway train lines. So uh, we, get, we get rolling thunder on a 24-hour basis, man. Okay, that's okay. cool. People, people are going to get a real feel for New York City. Yeah, listening exactly. To this so most that's, authentic there you New go. York show ever. Yeah. Behind <laughs> the scenes. So we got Gavin Van Black on the show today. Gavin has been in several hardcore New York City hardcore bands. Most notable is Burn, yep. who were hot during the 90s. And they just made a resurgence recently at the Black and, Bowl, Black and Blue Bowl, Freddie Malball's event over in New York City a couple of months ago. Yeah. And then you transition, Gavin, into being a strength coach, our world, but and you focus on combat athletes. So that's a really interesting transition. Well, it was interesting. What was interesting about it is I came into like the strength and conditioning through uh, through martial arts because when I, I started out fighting Muay Thai, um, and I'm I'm not tall for a super heavyweight fighter. I'm like five ten with the wind at my back, <laughs> and uh, with the super heavyweights, you get guys, you know, like Mo Fozzie. Um, Cody Hornstein, Rick Cheek, uh, Shane Congo. These guys are six five and up. I mean, they're they're huge. Mm. So I ended up being lucky enough to be around some guys who had some knowledge on strength and conditioning, and it really fascinated me. Um, I got to work with this one guy, uh, George Casamatis, who studied directly with Dr. Ken Leisner. Yeah, sure, I know Ken Leisner. Yeah, who legend. Was, I mean, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, strong guy too. Ken Lesnar. There's a clip of him. He only weighs a buck seventy-five, and there's a clip of him military pressing, not push pressing, military pressing two fifty-five for four. Unre- unreal, yeah. man. Unreal. I mean, that's almost a hundred pounds over his body weight. Strict, yeah. strict pressing, perfect technique. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, and you learn. I you start to learn the science of it, and I geek out on these kind of things. Um, and it's re- it was really fascinating, like what I consider the whole mind-body connection to be, you know, the neurological system, right. and how important it is overall to everything that we do. I mean, yeah. I, you know, this you were one of the first people that started. I mean, started to tie in like, you know, hormones and the neurological system. I mean, back when we were all just trying to throw around as much weight as possible, right, and uh, not realizing that we were actually pulling more from the well than we actually had. Add in there. Yeah, Louis Simmons is really good at talking about central nervous system burnout. Yeah. Just, just real quick on Ken Leisner. Ken Leisner's personality is kind of like Vinny Stigma, isn't it? He's kind of the Vinny yeah. Stigma of the, of the strength and conditioning world. <laughs> you know, we got to get him on the show. He's a really interesting cat, really irreverent dude, to say yeah. the least. Oh, he, used to, he used to write for, let's see, 
Brooke Kubik's newsletter, the Dino Files, back in yeah. the day. That's how I first came across him. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's talk about unconventional training and just focusing on basics, compound movements. I mean, he's been singing that song long before, probably before I was born, probably Absolutely. before a lot of us that have made it trendy now. Well, that's the thing is it's the science is there. I mean, you go back to like, you know, Beresovsky and Sif and, you know, right. this is stuff that's just coming to light now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. I mean, it's 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 good to see that people are actually better studied now on their own. Uh, I mean, like I like to use the term physical culture because that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And uh, I mean, especially in tying this into, you know, being a hardcore kid and where we were always. And I know you come from this, too. It's like there's always kind of a spiritual side. You're looking for something more. You're looking for answers. And uh, yeah, well, I, hardcore is what got me into training, though, because I've seen guys like Harley and John Joseph up on stage. And I was like, these guys look and, you know, they're 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 not big guys. <laughs> they're they're oh, probably like, what, five, six. But up on stage, they look larger than life. So I'm a teenager going to these shows. I'm like, wow, look at these guys. They're jacked. And oh, I've seen, I've seen okay. guys like Danzig up on stage and Doyle. And I was like, I oh, want to yeah. look like those guys. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that's I mean, that that was one of the things that made hardcore really cool. I mean. I've seen Harley Flanagan, who at 155, I remember seeing him. He was well-trained in jiu-jitsu. And yeah. this was one day at Henzo's. And he's throwing around two 232K kettlebells like they're made out of helium. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he came and, to my uh, course, actually. Uh, I got him in the kettlebells back oh, in huge, 2002. Huge yeah, he's, yeah, Harley's an interesting guy. And he's, he's always ripped no matter what he does, right? It's not yeah. because he follows some specialized diet or anything like that. He's just one of those guys who's – He's a like, genetic specimen. Well, like, like sincere to equate it to our world, he's like the Steve Cotter you know, of the, of the hardcore world. Yeah, he just yeah. eat, whatever, eat whatever he wants That's and he's right. ripped 24-7, 365 days a year. Damn them. <laughs> Mutants. <laughs> I, I, I look at something that's off my dietary path and I put on like five pounds. I mean, well, I mean, Harley, Harley looks like the Grinch who stole Christmas, though. So there's there's a silver lining. <laughs> there's a silver, there's a silver lining with every plus, right? Well, I mean, that also comes down to attitude and stuff. I mean, I'm glad that he's back working on music again. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like he's someone and there's been, always been a lot of controversy around Harley. Well, but, let me let me put you on the spot a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. What do you think about that whole Webster Hall incident? You know, what's your take on how that went down? Oh, the night I call every, the night everything went Flanagan. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that was hard to say. I mean, we had gone through a lot of there was a lot of uh, ex- extraneous variables that had gone on at that time. Yeah, and uh, you know, he had been asked to, to be on a panel the night before. He had shown up. I was in the building because one of the other bands I play with, Absolution, had just played. Right. Uh, my girlfriend and I were walking through the crowd. We run into we run into um, a friend of ours, Michael Olago, who's the guy who signed Metallica. He had signed White Zombie. He had oh, worked yeah, right. for a long time, and he he just said Harley just got dragged out of here by the cops. And I'm like thinking, you know, what the fuck? And you know, after everything was told, it was. I mean, there's a lot of gray area, and I don't understand exactly what goes on because. Quite honestly, people are like, oh, well, he showed up with a machete and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, yeah, my, my take is – and I and I, I'm friends with both guys, right? So I'm kind yeah, of stuck I, in the middle. And I know a lot of people are. You probably are too. I'm friends like, with John and I'm friends with Harley and I like yep, both guys. I like yep, both absolutely. guys a lot. And both guys have had quite a positive inspir- experience and uh, mm-hmm. contribution to my whole ethos on life. Dude, so anyway – 
but oh. but but I think but just knowing Harley and his dedication to his kids, it just seems very erratic that he would just go in there with those malicious intentions. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. I'm being naive, but it just it just seems like he's not going to go in there and risk going to prison for the rest of his life. Absolutely. Over that situation. And then, you know, his side of the story makes more sense to me that he got jumped and he's fighting for his life rather than he walked into a room full of people and attacked, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, which, I mean, I've known Harley since we were kids. And I'll tell you what, Harley, Harley Flanagan would walk into a room full of people. You know, he's, he's got that. But like you said, the extraneous variables of his kids, who he is ultra dedicated to. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and when that whole thing went down, there was a lot of shit talk on, you know, people saying like him and his kids. And in my, in my opinion, his kids are really a product of the New York hardcore scene. And, you know, they should they they should be kept out of it. Right. You know? Right. Um, but, you know, you know, as well as anybody, there is a ton of like Internet quarterbacks out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Internet tough guys and Internet strength coaches and, you know, Internet, <laughs> Internet MMA champions, and, uh, yeah. you know. And it's, there sure are, <laughs> you know, and it's really kind of like, and I have to, I mean, I have to cop to the fact that like, I'll read something on the magical book of faces and I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I think I creep towards the keyboard will just be like, Oh, I'm going to let this guy have it. But you know, I, yeah, I, I, just, I just banned myself from Facebook. <laughs> I actually deleted all of my Facebook pages because I hate Facebook passionately. I've always talked smack about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow it up with some action. I'm going to, I'm going to start a new trend, not be a member of Facebook. So I just deleted that shit. It doesn't do dick for my business anyway. I get like less than 1% of my traffic comes from Facebook. So I go, why do I even waste my time? You know, Twitter and Google Plus actually are a lot more effective for my business, but. Face, I, I hate Facebook. Facebook is just it's, – it's like it's like this black hole of narcissism. I just couldn't stand it anymore. And trust me, and I was not warned about that. All of a sudden, I'm getting these messages. Hey, man, I'm trying to send Mike a message. Blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like Everyone's well, contacting hey, you sincerely. And I'm like, who, who the hell do I look like? You know, I just, I'm, I'm not UPS. This is, this is the one thing that Brown can't do for you. Don't send me the damn message. Like, I'm not, well, I mean, Kent can't, can't Pumpa uh, emails you on Facebook to find me. It's like – you ever heard of my fucking website? Uh, and the guy has my contact info from when I was out in Australia. So why is he getting in touch with you <laughs> to try to find me? Like I'm that. Like I'm so hard to find. You know, was, especially with you because I know that I've sent you emails and you've responded within like five to ten minutes. I yeah, mean, you're like, yeah, I'm fast with you. Right, See, that's right my thing that. right there, Gavin. Yeah. That's my thing. When people they'll send me a message on Facebook, it'll be there for about two or three weeks. <laughs> and, I mean, because I don't check. I mean, I get a ton of freaking private messages on it, and I don't go. I have I have shit to do. So, yeah. but I. I was telling you, I said, dude, send me an email. I'll reply to that. I need just send me an email. That's what it's there for. I'm so not hopping. Chicken, and trust me, if I come on Facebook, send you naked, naked photos. Why is this guy pics. taking so long to get back to me? Did you, know? you get my dick pics? Uh, no, and you just been, and you just got blocked. <laughs> You've been blocked, oh. my friend. So my am reported. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes people on Twitter, like their background pictures, their Johnson. I was like, I can't believe that made it through. And I was like, No, dude, you're blocked, man. That's not funny. Uh, like, no. I, I'm not following you, and you can't follow me anymore. You can't follow me with that out. If you got that out, you cannot be following me, man. That's that's definitely way too much information. Um, You get killed for that in the Lower East Side, right? Well, not anymore. The Lower East Side now is more like the Upper Lower East Side. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's changed a lot. the neighborhood has changed. I mean, I know that you talked to John, and John does tours yeah, of, yeah. like, how the neighborhood used to be. And, I mean, I've heard great things about them. They're really cool. And I think it's interesting that people do that. I mean, I do miss it because it was really vibrant. There was a lot of 
a lot a lot of like hold on hold on one second let me just mute this real quick yeah go ahead yeah. i offended mike's dogs i have said no the lower east side sucks for dogs um <laughs> but uh yeah, it's uh, it's it's changed a lot, and you have to accept that everything everything goes through its path. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that, man, because uh, yeah. I went to New York a few years ago, man, and when I you know I took my wife to Harlem, and then I was telling her I was like, this is not Harlem anymore. <laughs> I should have oh, known it wasn't Harlem anymore when Bill Clinton's living there, <laughs> which, oh, which was not the smartest <laughs> move, Hillary. You don't take him to a, to the land of brown sugar and think yeah. that he's gonna change his ways. Yeah, okay? uh, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> when the Secret <laughs> Service is hanging out in Harlem, I know Harlem's not Harlem anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and Brooklyn too. Brooklyn too. Yeah. Brooklyn's the same way. It's like Brooklyn's not Brooklyn anymore, man. Flatbush is just. I mean, you, you still have some of your little areas that still kind of, for some who are not from that area, think it's kind of shady. But yeah. for everyone else, they think it's kind of home. But it's it's so gentrified now. It's just like this is not the same New York I saw like in the nineties. Big time. Oh man. no, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we opened up. We opened up this dojo about, and I call it a dojo because it's like it's not just it's not so much of a gym. It's more of a playground. We opened up in Bushwick. And Bushwick back in the day was, yeah. you know, it was, it was, you know, blacker than midnight at Broadway and Myrtle was, a yeah. you know, um, and yeah, we took, we, my, my girlfriend and I got an apartment a couple blocks from the gym and the neighborhood, it's still a little bit edgy, but it is not at all like back when I was a graffiti writer, it's not at all the same Bushwick we used to come oh, out yeah. to. Like, this place was like crazy. Yeah, um, man. I mean, it's got, a, it's, I have to say it's a lot like the village used to be about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I dig it. I dig it. There's all there. There's a really cool street culture. People are really, really friendly. Um, but you know, you do have to, you know, you have to have certain, uh, certain respect in certain areas because otherwise, you know, you can't just walk through there acting like you own it. Yeah, especially. And, yeah, I, and I see like guys like Spike Lee and all those guys, you know, who are still, you know, trying to do their, you know, their best to try to hold on to some of that, that, that culture yeah. that was there before and not let it get away with, you know, say with all the gentrification and all that going on. And, but the thing is, man, it's not just happening there. I mean, the same way here in Houston, people say, when they hear Houston, they're like, oh, Fifth Ward. I'm like, nah, nah, Fifth Ward is not, it's not, it's not ghetto boys land anymore. Fifth yeah, Ward, not it, is, it is now high rises and it's like, I said, third, anything with a ward on it now, they're not even called wards anymore. Like, even like where my kids live, there used to be Fourth Ward, which this is where you got like Johnny Guitar Watson and guys like that came from that area. Oh, man. Now, no, it, yeah. now it's called Midtown. And it's all these little college little yuppies or fresh, you know, people just graduated, yep. whatever, and all these little slick college bar type bars and all that. I'm like, man, there was a time where these these folks could not walk in the same on the same street where this bar is right now. Not well, and I, they're riding their bikes at like two in the morning. I'm just like, dude, you have no idea. Just 15 years ago, that would happen. If you yeah. if you were a guy that looked like this guy riding a bike at that time in the morning, you were there to get a score. Okay, you weren't there for oh, exercise. <laughs> Um, I remember walking down, walking down, I live on 6 between C and D okay. in the village, and we originally opened up our building in 1989, it was a squat, it was an abandoned building, we broke into it, we opened it up, we ran the electrical, and I remember maybe about six years ago, my girlfriend and I are walking down the block, and there's these guys, and I, I, I don't like hating on people, but they just kind of like, they, they would not have survived in the neighborhood yeah. back in the day, and my <laughs> girlfriend looked at me at this group of five guys, and she goes, 
back in the day, they would have been raped. Yeah. <laughs> and he, mean, he means that literally. No, 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 literally. <laughs> it, was, yeah. Yeah, it was just very much. And the thing is that, like, I, I consider myself a new jack to that because if you talk about John Bloodclot or Harley's Lower East Side, yeah. that is a totally different animal. You know, that is a very different, you know. It's I remember very, telling Harley one time, I go, given everything you've been through, the fact that that the fact that you're a cool guy and a good father is a success all on its own. Absolutely, because there's so many bad roads he could have gone down. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You know, and like I said again, I'm really thankful that he's he's back working on music because hey, he's, I mean, he's got to deal with Southern Lords and they they produce yeah. a lot of a lot of great bands, a lot of great yeah. bands on that label. Yeah, absolutely. I'm and to hearing that. Um, you know, it's like I'm really looking forward to hearing what he's doing because, you know, I, and I've said this before in interviews is that, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, like I said, the Internet, the Internet badasses that love to talk a lot of shit about Harley. But the plain and simple fact is that Chromag's demo and that fucking uh, Age of Coral record, that those things saved lives. Yeah, there were kids. Yeah. And this is we're talking pre-Internet when those came out. There were yeah. kids that heard that and were like, holy shit, I'm not alone in the world. Right. You know, it's like there's there's certain things musically like that. Run DMC race race in hell. I hold yeah. those things yeah. like on the same level because kids hear that and they're like, holy shit. There's people out there that think the way I do, uh, you know, public public enemy nation of millions to hold this. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's classic. Know, the, the first agnostic front album. But yeah. 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 Uh, even like like I mean I'm I'm not a huge fan of Youth It's Day. I'm friends. I think John you know John John Purcelli and Roganoth are friends of mine. But those records save lives, and that's one of the things that I love yeah, about Judge is another one. Yep. You know there, there were some so many of those records were so important, especially in your youth when you don't really know who you are and what you're all about. Uh, so much, and bro. you have insecurities of where your place is in this world. I mean you just it's it's. It's interesting because even in my even in my twenties, you're you're really pursuing these goals, but yeah. in the back of your mind, you don't know whether you can pull it off or not, right? And then oh, and then at this stage, now in my early forties, I know I know I can pull it off, and you have way more you have way more certainty on whatever else you can pull off, but but, but it's that it's that initial but just that ability to persevere when you don't know whether you can pull it off is invaluable. But, you, yeah. but the cool thing about being in those being in your twenties doing that though, your recovery time is a lot faster. So if you oh, can't yeah. pull it off, the, the thing about <laughs> you, you're not sure you can pull it off. But you know the, the cool thing about being in, you don't give a fuck. Okay, yeah, you don't care. Right. You're like, well, at least I did it. Whereas when people yeah. start to get older, they start being more calculated because they start yeah. feeling like they have a lot more to lose. Like, well, now I have a well, you, know, you know what's funny, man, is my friend uh, our friend Lisa Baelish and I were yeah. talking a couple of weeks ago. She was saying how some people just can't wait to get old because then then, then they don't have it. No, then they can just chances. Feel, well, well, then they can just use that as an excuse. Well, I'm old now, so I can't do oh, this, right? They, they, yeah, they just can't wait. They can't wait. It's like I can't wait till I'm 65. <laughs> then I can just sit on my ass and and just say, hey, I'm old. Yeah, because you can't what tell me I, anything at what? that time. It's just like, well, yeah. You, like, well, man, you want to try that? Man, I'm, I'm an old dude. I don't have to do that stuff anymore, man. <laughs> people my, people I'm, are like I'm that on my way fucking, out. I'm on well, my people way are out. like that in their fucking 40s, <laughs> I man. I, I have people emailing me who are like, hey, you know, I'm 42 now, so I don't lift heavy anymore. I'm like, motherfucker, I just deadlifted 525 a couple weeks. Weeks ago, I'm 41. Yeah. Give me that bullshit. Yeah, I got two words. <laughs> you know? I've, got, I've got two words for you, Steve Maxwell. Yeah, exactly. You know, please, you know, no, don't let age be a factor. And, and then Clarence Bass, yeah, even man. older Clarence than Steve Bass, Maxwell, guys ripped it a bone, man. And then, he's on his way out. 
way out. Come on. You know, Louis, Louis, Louis Simmons is in his Louis 60s, and he's yeah. still deadlifting 600 and so forth. Ed Cohn is in his 50s. He just pulled 700 for three I mean, the other day. I mean, Brooke, Brooks Kubik is a spring chicken. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah Brooks Kubik's well into his 50s. He's <laughs> probably on. early 60s, too. Yeah. If not, I mean, I work, no. I work, I work with, uh, I work consulting for Brooklyn Athletic and Larry Betts, who owns that. Yeah, he's creeping on mid-55 right now. And Homeboy is strong. He's mobile. The whole thing is, like, I'll tell you right now, and this is the crux of it, I think, is that especially for guys like us who have learned, and I want younger hardcore kids, if you're listening to you, it's, the most rebellious thing you can do is take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Want you, they want you to get tied up in their medical industrial complex. Exactly. They want you on the pills. They want you on their, their health care. And the most most rebellious thing you can do is learn how to take care of yourself. Well, that's, yourself. that's what I don't like seeing is hardcore kids who don't. I mean, just this past weekend, I was at Danzig, right? Danzig, Pennywise, and Cancer Bass. And anyway, I, I had a Mad Ball T-shirt on. Yeah. While, while we're waiting for Danzig to come on, this guy taps me on the shoulder. I turn around. He's got a Mad Ball shirt on. I was like, oh, cool. So anyway, this guy's about 40 pounds overweight. He's, got a, he's, probably, he's on his eighth beer of the night. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, New York City, hardcore for life. He's like, it's not a scene. It's a lifestyle. He's like, there's no justice. There's just us. You know what I mean? And I was like, so I don't know my, what you mean, my, but I'm not the <laughs> He's quoting every, like, every, like, hardcore, like, like, pro-black oh. album from the 1990s. It's like, there's no justice. It's yeah. just us. Like, come on. I was like, I don't know what scene you're in, buddy, but we're not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not in the scene where I have ten Bud Lights at a show. <laughs> Absolutely, slogans are not solutions. You know what? You can have all the goals in the world if you haven't established good habits. You're not going to achieve no, but that. This is this is an angry older guy in his 40s who still listens to hardcore because he's angry. I listen to hardcore because it <laughs> motivates me. It motivated yeah. me when I was 20. It motivated me when I'm 30. It still motivates me now to go do shit. Absolutely. Not just get angry for the sake of being angry. What the hell is yeah, that doing? Yeah, brain? No, These kids have no idea, Mike. You know, that's, that's one of those guys like they don't know what we yeah. went through back in the day, man. They don't know what we think about hardcore. Like, oh god, you're that guy. You know, I, I mean, I hear that with hip hop all the time, man. It's like, dude, remember sincere back in the day when these kids don't have an idea. They got all this other stupid music. You don't even know what they're saying. Which I agree. A lot of this does not make any damn sense. You know, whatever. But they're just a they're a product. They're a byproduct of all the stuff that we listen to. You know, I sat yeah. there and just had a you know a friend of mine debating who we went to college together whatever he kind of got into that mode as well because he's talking about he's conflicted about going to see by going to see the straight out of compton movie because you know yeah. he's somebody like pretty much he doesn't want to have to support that and especially that time period where it was all about being gangsters and this and all this negativity i'm like well i said you're looking at it from an old fat dude's perspective <laughs> okay i said because you yeah. gotta understand they were speaking from a, a point of view that the rest of the world didn't know anything about. If it wasn't for NWA, a lot of people would not have any, have any idea what was really going on in those neighborhoods at that time. They would only guess. Absolutely. And there's a lot of things Absolutely. going on today where I see people fighting. They'll talk about Ferguson. They'll talk about all these different things. Everybody, everybody is speaking from their perspective. So when people say, hey, man, you should listen to those cops and not be belligerent. I said, but do you also understand what they go through on a daily basis when they deal Absolutely. with some of these cops who are, who are not good? And, I said, and, hey, and it's always side, someone who's never been harassed by exactly, cops, Exactly. Right? Like, well, you've never I, had I've been. I've been, I've been unjustifiably I've been harassed by cops probably <laughs> yep. half a dozen times in my life. Right. And yeah. every single time you got to sit there and bite your tongue and deal with their bullshit. Yeah. And it really pisses you off, man. And the thing is, you know, we're, so and it's and always someone who's never. And, yeah, and exactly. Thing, we have parents that kind of like, look, man, here's the thing. My dad gave me the rundown at a young age, how to deal when cops pull you over. No one should have to go through a, a prep 
with their son. Like, look, if you ever get pulled over, these are things you need to do. And you have to go over that many times with them and remind them. It shouldn't have to be that way, but guess what? It has to be that way. You know, it sucks, but there are certain things. That's the reason why a lot of times I didn't have any issue with the cops. Because, you know, in the back of my mind, I was raised, you know what? No matter what, when they pull you over and they're talking, arguing with them is not, you're not going to win that argument. Let the lawyers handle it. And, you know, and that's what I'm thinking the whole time. If they're getting belligerent, but here's the thing. A lot of times they, it's like a, it's like an animal. They sense the fear or they sense the anger or the, or the attitude. And then it, it just escalates things even more. But at the same time, you gotta look at their side of it. When they, they deal with a lot of mess on a daily basis. They don't know who you are when they're walking up to that car. They don't well, there's good, there's good and bad cops. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's mean, what pisses me off. An example of a bad one, though, Steve Cotter and I were training some powerlifting guys one uh-huh. time, and one of the guys was a cop, and yeah. he's like, yeah, I can't wait to go into the hood later and just beat up people for no reason. Exactly. And he said it. He said, he, you know, he wasn't joking when he said it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah, I just like to run up on someone on the street, you know, just kick them in the head. You know, he was being serious, man. Yeah. We're so both he's like, the guy that makes shit. it harder for all the majority of the good cops out there. Yeah, and that's people which, which are, which are the majority. He's he's in the minority, folks. All cops are not like this asshole. You absolutely, know? absolutely. And, you know, just like every every brown skin kid you see is not a thug or anything like that. You know, that. The, you know what the problem is? Is when you put on a uniform, you're automatically dehumanized. Yeah. Doesn't matter what that kind of uniform it is. Good. It could be a fucking valet uniform at the casino. <laughs> right. right. Automatically, you're dehumanized because now all of a sudden you're seen as some as, as some kind of authoritarian figure. So people yeah, automatically exactly. don't like that. They either yeah. don't like that, or they automatically they depend on you to take care of everything. <laughs> That's yeah. the, like okay, well, yeah, right. why, you're supposed to be here to serve and protect. I'm like, oh, they're they're, they're to kind of they're there to investigate. But my friends who are cops say they hate even saying they're cops, you know, when they're in social situations yeah. or just in their neighborhood because people are always like, oh, you're a cop. Well, you know, one time I had this bad experience. They're like, oh, shit. Here we I got to go. hear this crap. <laughs> well, it's kind of like us, you know, in, of the three of us. As soon as we say that we're a strength and conditioning coach, oh, you're a trainer? Well, look, man, I've been trying to lose these five pounds, man. Or oh, I know this one dude. Oh, I was reading. You know, I saw Dr. Oz the other day like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I, got, I got a guy in the neighborhood who's like, hey, let me ask you something. What do you think could uh, – Give me more, you know, more lead in my pencil, if you know what I mean. I was like, well, first of all, it looks like you haven't been able to see your pencil in about 10 years. So let's start, let's start there. You need to see it first. First of all, you have a pencil, okay? I mean, that's nothing to be proud of, okay? No, I don't think any woman cares about you walking around with a pencil. Well, I don't, I don't know if he even knows whether he has a pencil or not because he's got a, he's got a gunt so big that he's, for all he knows, there isn't a pencil below it. The problem is that this is all avoidable stuff and we're dealing with stuff with like lack of activity and irresponsibility in diet right you know and the things the lack of accountability that people have but i mean here's the thing gavin why why doesn't a man want to be strong and powerful um you know why is that something we have to motivate like hey guys let's go lift heavy and be strong so we can take care of our friends our family and just be someone that's respected just walking around it's like why wouldn't you want to have that well, there's two there's two weird trains of thought. Being in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is like we're right next to Williamsburg, which everybody knows is hip, hip hipster land, you know. Right, right. Um, and there's this what I call a pseudo Descartian ethic of I think, therefore I am, which totally totally negates the idea that the human body is part of the of the lifelong experience. Right. You know, therefore, you know, I don't have to be strong and I don't have to take care of myself because I think. Not right. realizing that like exercise, this intellectual elitism, right. elitist exactly. attitude. I, exercise helps the thought process, yes. helps the genitosis, um, and it's you know. Let alone, there is not a single situation in life where being strong, agile, and fit is not a benefit. Right. There right. isn't a single thing that you can show me 
that's going to say that, that, oh yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was to your disadvantage. <laughs> um, yeah. And we've had that. We've had people come in here. They'd be like, oh, well, I don't want to lift weights. And it's like, well, it's not a matter of that. First off, I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of exercise. I think exercise needs to be prescribed because we've forgotten how to move. Right. Right. You know, and once we learn how to move, then, you know, you can get your good compound lifts, like your deadlift, your clean and press, your kettlebell stuff. And right. then hopefully we get that into a form of play. Let it be tennis, jujitsu, Muay Thai, rock climbing. You know, once you can add someone into like get them to a quality of life where they can actually go out and get it themselves, then it kind of like it pays off. But a lot of people just they they it's the cop out of like, well, you know what, I think therefore I don't have to be active. No, I mean, my father's yeah. generation is like that, right? Both of my parents are PhDs. They're very intellectual, cerebral people, but they never did anything physical. Yeah. That was almost looked down upon, like all oh, these guys lifting weights, just a bunch of meatheads. Well, that's the problem is like people look at you and they look at Sincere. They look at people like me, they, you know, Zach Evanesh, some of like really, some like really like kind of crazy, but some of the most intelligent people I know. And all of these people that I pull anything intellectually that I pull from, these people are all physically active. Martin Rooney, Tate Fletcher, these people are all physically active. And these are some sure. of the most brilliant people I know. Um, and getting back to what you said, something about like uh, about having like having fear with like stepping out in uh, in your 40s. Tate Fletcher said something to me and that kind of really rings it. Sometimes you just got to jump off and build your wings on the way down. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and a lot of people don't have the guts to do that. I mean, you're in your second career right now, Mike. You've done like you, you, you to me, that's idyllic. People get tied into like, well, this is my career. And this is what I have to do. Right. They have to have the balls to be able to be like, you know what? If what you're doing right now isn't getting you to where you eventually want to be, don't do it anymore. Yeah, I actually have a couple. I actually have a couple parallel careers right now yeah, because one, I've trans, I've transitioned from being a kettlebell guy to nutrition supplement designer and businessman doing the podcast. But oh, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm also, yeah, I'm also on the side looking at promoting hardcore events here in Vegas. In fact, I'm actually in the work right now in the works. I'm looking at getting Chromex, Madball, and Biohazard to do a gig here at a place called the Beauty Bar in Vegas. We're actually working that out right now. That would be in October. So that's just something that I would do for fun. I don't really care about making money doing that. I don't, I don't really look at that as a way where I'd make big bucks. It's just something that I want to do for the pure sake of doing it, just a passion. But who, knows, a, but who knows where that could reason. go? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the that's the reason. Every, everything I do, well, that's why I, I mean, everything I do starts with the passion. I don't sell supplements to make money. I, I I am a big fan of supplements. I've been taking them since I was eighteen. I'm always looking for stuff that works. It's always been a fascination with me, just like strength training is, just like music is. So, I mean, that's where I always tell people is like oh, the things the things that you're obsessed with, your hobbies, your passion. Though that a career lies in there somewhere. Exactly, man. Exactly. And yeah. it's, it's always funny I mean, when people think they they want you to be so one dimensional and. I yeah, remember right. I, I had updated on my profile on um, Facebook, you know, the, the stuff that you guys hate. <laughs> so <laughs> I had updated, you know, I started adding, you know, everything as far as the firearms instruction now. And, you know, because I've been working on that for months. The thing is, I just don't go around just blabbering like, hey, you know, I'm a firearms instructor now. Oh, you know, I, you know I'm certified through the NRA now. I just I don't do that. So I well, go, well, how, how did you work that into your kettlebell training and body weight system sincere? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny because there, there, that, there is a way, you know, but I'm not talking about that. But it's just so funny. Once I posted that, all these folks are like replying like, whoa, I didn't know. You weren't supposed to know. I wasn't 
telling you. It's like I say, hey man, since, guess since what I'm doing? Kettlebells <laughs> to the target range. Exactly. <laughs> you know, in, between, the, in between yeah. rounds, let me get some swings in here. It's like, hey, put, hey, put that kettlebell on top of your head. I'm going to do this whole, <laughs> I'm going to do the whole William Tell thing, but I'm going to update it. Okay. So I'm going to see if I can, I can shoot see this. It now. It's going to be like the sincere Hogan snatch and double tap cycle. Bear crawls, shotgun, <laughs> and the kettlebell combo. Breach, swing, yeah. clear, baby. That's what we're going to do. That's going to be my new little ebook right there. You know, I can sell that back to the Every time you reload, you swing the bell. Got it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, sister. People, people always want to, like, whenever you're one thing, people want to pigeonhole in that because that's how they, that, that's a comfort thing, right? Like, you yeah. identify someone as something. Like like John Joseph, for example, is always going to be identified as the lead singer of the Chromex when he's so much more than that. He's an author. He's a screenwriter. You know, he's got so many different talents. Freaking a Renaissance man. Yeah, they're very <laughs> right, absolutely exactly. a Renaissance man. <laughs> oh motherfucker! And, you know, Harley Harley Flanagan's a yeah. he's been in several bands. He's a high level jujitsu guy. He's a black belt yeah. under Enzo. Yeah, I mean that's the thing cool. too. And, like I will step out and say right now, like because I get kids that come like they come come to New York. And they're like, oh, I want to do a strength training session with Gavin from Burn, or I want to do a Muay <laughs> session with Gavin from Burn. I'll tell you what, man. Use it. If you're coming, if you're coming to New York, you're looking to do a jiu-jitsu session at the legendary Henzo Gracie, and you're from the hardcore scene. Look up Harley Flanagan. Seriously, check him out. Get a I, I wonder, do you do you get a lot of business because of that though? Because hardcore fans are like, oh man, I want it. It's like a way to meet you, right? It's like I'm going to get a private yeah. lesson with Gavin. That way, I can meet my this guy I'm a fan of from Burn. I actually do. I do. I do get oh, people cool. come. People come in and they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's like I saw something." And that's one of the weird things. It's like I get a lot of really good leads from Facebook, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I'm also like, my, my business isn't in the same. You're like you're you're like I admire what you do, and I look to your business model. It's like, wow, you've really blown it up. And it's like you're kind Thank of you. beyond. Facebook really can't do a lot for you. You're beyond that level. I mean, it, it may be able to, but I just don't care to to use it. There's probably a way that it's useful. I just hate it so much that I don't want to figure it out. You know? no, I totally feel you on that. <laughs> you know, and it's like again with your supplement line. I mean, I, you know, I order from you on a regular basis. I'm yeah, a huge, fan, I'm a huge fan of your stuff. I tell my clients all the time, like the bag oil and the recovery signs are so damn good. I, I mean, I used, I was on, I was using your testosterone boosters like for all of my training all the way up to the last show. And, you know, I felt great the whole time. You know, it's like my recovery was good. Everything was covered, you know. And that's one of the things, like, if you're training, you really have to monitor your recovery. It's one of the most important aspects of it. But back to the business thing, I do get kids that come in and like, they know my musical background and they kind of want to meet me. And it's like I always kind of carry it because it's like kids, are, like, they get a little starstruck. And I know you've got to get it at your seminars. People are like, oh, my God, this is Mike Mahler. But I always kind of considered what I'm involved in is way cooler than who I actually am. I'm kind of a dork. You know, (laughs) I I nerd out on things. I can sit there and talk about anatomy and physiology for hours, which will probably bore, you know, most people. Um, But, it's you know, but it's really kind of cool. And it makes me happy because these are kids like if you can trigger them to start being accountable for themselves. And, you know, like I said, it's like I had at, at the show at the Black and Blue Bowl, I had a couple guys come up to me and they're like, you know, well, what are you doing to work out and so on and so forth. And they're like, when it always comes down to like finances aren't a factor for them, they're like, you know, well, I don't have the money for it. But the plain and simple fact is that easily like you'll go out and you'll blow a hundred dollars a night to go get drunk. Right. You know, you can go out and buy if you take that times three, 
you can buy a barbell and a set of say 185 pounds and get a session from Yeah, and you can just you can just use your own body weight if you're really strapped. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Especially you know, like go go do handstand push-ups, pull-ups, <laughs> <Wow>. one-legged squats, <laughs> you know, I, mean, squats. It, I mean those guys in New York, man, the bar stars, all those guys, they're oh, they're, they're in a park, park. In the hood, okay, and these guys are jacked. Well, at least from the waist up. I always, I always, <laughs> okay. I always talk about these guys and their legs. You know, 110 the degrees the- out, they have long <laughs> pants on. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I was talking, remember, I mean, we all know about John Hines and his and his hunt, his hunt for the muscle up. And right. I kept telling him, like, but John, you got legs. You know, you got legs. You're pulling a lot more weight up. Than oh yeah, John's right. a beast, man. Yeah. John he's got, is. A, he's, he's got. John, he's another one of those mutants, man. His John body weight. A, his body weight stuff's incredible. He does. He, he's a big guy, and he does pull-ups with the weight vest no, on. He's, he's a big guy that's doing handstands up the freaking like the capital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, for his birthday, like what I, no, John is six two, two hundred thirty pounds, and he he moves his body around really well. So he's got oh, really good he body awareness. And the funny thing is, because I know, I mean. I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm a JGXT loyalist. I won't allow a TRX in my fucking gym. Good for you. I won't. I won't. I'm when it comes down to that shit, I'm monkey bar all the fucking way, all the way. And if anybody out there has not heard of John Hines, you are missing out. If you're into body weight training, you need to find out who John Hines is. You need to get in touch. And if with you him. use TRX, you can sucker. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Fill in the gap. If you, if you use TRX, you can easily save that money and buy you could buy like a power wheel and an xt and have real tools and guess what you won't won't have to buy an extra one because it breaks so so that's the there's the difference right there you if you if you bought a trx you'll probably buying another one and another one not because you want to because you have to yeah. Okay. There's the di- there's the difference right there. Bar gym I got a freaking years. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't had to replace a monkey bar gym product, man, at all. I I got extra ones because I wanted extra ones. Yeah. All of the life and they get work. Okay. And they get work. TNT cable, yeah, the, the, the power wheel, they're oh, all great products. I, I love their project products, their, ju- their jump ups. I just gave our jiu-jitsu instructor. I just gave him one of the old um, single strap old XTs. You know, yeah. the, they were just like. The nylon webbing with the plastic handles, yeah. right. they're like the best tra- – if you can get a hold of one of those, they're one of the best traveling workout pieces ever. I and love – power, power push-up, too, is a really cool device. Yeah. John, John's a very inventive guy. He comes up with some really interesting ideas. He's an ideas. inventive guy. He's, very unsung, he's, he's man. Unsung <laughs> yeah. and undeservedly so. I think he deserves a lot more credit than he's gotten. Um and really, and it's like I say, like the information is out there. There are so many, especially you've had so many great coaches on. You know, you've had him, you've had Steve Maxwell, you have all these great people. And people should do the research because if, you know, if you want to stay in shape and you want to be fit up into, you know, up into your 70s, 80s, up until they put you in a box, burn you, burn you at sea, however, they like, tie you a donkey, slap it on the ass and send it out to the desert. <laughs> However you want to be buried or whatever, you know, take care of yourself. And the information is out there. There's such great there, – I mean there's some bullshit out there too as well. I'm not going to front. But there's so much good information out there and, you know, keep that. I mean there's so much good stuff and I really just want people to have that. You know, I'm, yes. 40, I'm 47 years old. You know, I, I, can still, I can still deadlift over five. You know, um, I'll say one thing right now. I can deadlift over five and I will credit your test boosters for it. Oh, cool. Man. You know, definitely because my deadlift was hovering in the four fifties, and like I can pull, I can pull five neat. You know, raw, no belt, no straps, yeah. no nothing. Nice. Um, 
but also I'm short, so it's kind of easy. Don't feel bad, brother. Just just just, well, least, I mean, uh, least, just don't be short with long ass freaking arms. Then it's not easy. Then, then you, you got to be a short guy thinking like a tall guy, like you know. <laughs> so if I were Mike, how does Mike? How does he handle this? <laughs> you know, being yeah, a tall guy. Yeah, it's like this well, is you're bullshit, like, man. <laughs> you're like you're like Larry Betts. Larry Betts is like he's one of those guys that like he can standing up, palm his kneecaps. He's got really long arms because yeah. he was like. And he's like built for gymnastics, and it's amazing the feats of strength I've seen him do upper body wise. Just because it's like you think like, oh my god, he's so long. I mean, I've got like T Rex arms, you know. I've got like I'm not I'm not a long guy at all. So it's like for me to pull, you know, but when I see someone like that, yeah, it allows you to load up the legs more. So someone like Sincere is like, hey, Sincere, load up the legs more. I can't, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I, I just grabbed the bar and I barely bent my knees. You know, <laughs> what am I supposed I'm to still do? moving, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I want people to have this, and I think it's really important. You know, yeah. I want, I want less all cause for fatality. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder cool. though if there are hardcore bands now where there's a few I can think of, like uh, uh, Justice in Trapped Under Eyes. He's a workout guy, right? Yeah. And um, see, I know Harms, the- Harms Way, the lead singer. He's a pretty big guy, but you don't see too many of the hard. I mean, I listen to a lot of the new hardcore music, which I really like. I think there's a lot of good bands out right now. But uh, just looking at the members, you know, they, they, well, it's know definitely it's, not the Crow Mags. Let's put it is, that way. Isn't the girl from that sings for Walls of Jericho a competitive powerlifter? Yeah, yeah, she's a beast, man. She's That's in that. Awesome. She's in that. She's in that Mad Ball Born Strong video. She's deadlifting and doing some Muay Thai stuff, and she's definitely yeah. a physical specimen. And that's the thing too for the ladies, dude. Get out there and get on some iron. Well, that, that's where a CrossFit, that's one of the, been, that's been one of the better contributions of CrossFit is that yep. a lot of women who never would have touched weights before or after <laughs> are now yep. really excited about CrossFit. I mean, there's a lady at the dog park I talked to, nice lady, and she, she basically told me the story about how she got into it and she wasn't lifting weights at all. She, had, she wasn't training and then she got into CrossFit. She got really excited about it and she's had good results with it. So I, as much as I have my reservations about CrossFit and, and I, think there's, I think there's a lot of issues with CrossFit, there, there are a lot of positives too. No, absolutely. And I think that like, I mean, I think there's nothing better than like, you know, I think about girls from the hardcore scene. This one girl I know, Janice Polly, who she had, she owns the top CrossFit uh, gym in New Zealand oh. and hella powerful girl, you know, just super strong. And it's the attitude that goes along with that kind of strength that I find to be really, really like alluring. You know, sure. it's like a woman who knows that she can handle herself. I like yeah. that. No doubt. You know? I, I don't. I, I just don't cotton to like a wilting flower. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, my my girlfriend's five eleven, strong as fuck, and you know, you know she trains. She you know she your, your girlfriend's taller than you. <laughs> most most people are taller than you. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> she puts high heels on for a Friday oh, night. You guys oh, must look yeah, funny. It, yeah, it's like. You got you got to you got to whip out your oi combat boots to try to keep up. Keep up with you, look like number, you look like the number ten. I'm built like a manhole cover with feet. You know? So it's like, you know, it's, not, it's like you know, it, and it's being active. Uh, you know, and yeah. that's that's the first thing is find what your play is. Find what you yeah. want to be your Well, the, the problem is, is people people don't find anything that, that's physical a play. You know, they find it all a drudgery. That's the problem with some people. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's I, I think that's part of the term why I try to not use the term working out because right. work, work entails and it's not fun, you know? 
I like the concept. Of I still, I still don't understand though why guys don't think it's important to be strong and fit as a man. I just don't understand that concept, man. I don't, I don't understand why they think it's okay to be a fat roly poly, can't even touch his toes, guys yeah, breathing yeah, heavy, walking down the street. I mean, guy, guy's wife is in, guy's <laughs> wife is in better shape than you. That's shameful, man. That's, I, there's nothing I, cool. About I mean, now that. they're trying to make it all cute and come up with little terms like, yeah, I got the dad bod. Like, dude, yeah, don't, don't be proud of an, that. Can I give you an, an answer? I found to that, and it's like. It's the, the kid, the guy, my coaches that work with me, and I love these kids. They're all fucking awesome. But what pisses me off, and it's like, I love him as a comedian, but Louis C.K. has kind of glamorized that whole thing. Like, yeah. oh, what would yeah, she yeah. want to do with me? I'm a fat this, that. And That's not cool. Don't right. let someone fool you. It's not cool to be that way. Or you're some guy yeah. whose wife just, like, you hear these women just making fun of their husbands all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, my, you know, my husband, uh, he's out of shape, but I love him. Hey, he, 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 he. Yeah, that's, you know, that's cool. why it's like, I don't, I would, I don't want my woman talking about me like that. Exactly. Like, I'm some fucking dork in the house. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, the butt of jokes when she go hangs out with their friends. With my male clients, it's weird because, like, I, I, I'm very upfront with certain questions about, like, when they come in and I'll detect certain things. And I will ask a client, listen, when you wake up, do you have an erection? And I know that's very upfront. If he, if, if he very upfront, no, literally. Yeah, but, Let me ask you something. You have a boner in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's the truth. That's the first thought. If you do not, there's a fucking problem. Literally a fucking problem. Okay? You know, if you don't wake up and how, with an erection, that's where our testosterone level should be at their highest. Right, you know, exactly. and it's like you want to put a little more "quote unquote" lead in your pencil. Learn to deadlift. <laughs> One of the best things you could do for yourself. I'm a huge proponent of the deadlift. So yeah, go ahead and you know, and, and stop looking at that TR. I'm mean, not the TRX. <laughs> something even worse. That P90X DVD. <laughs> to oh my, yeah, to my, for all those follow along DVD people that are pissed off at yeah. Mike and myself after our last show. But you know what? <laughs> to my truth hurts oh. again. If you throw a rock and well, a pack I mean, of dogs friend, in the dark, our, 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 our friend, our friend Lauren Brooks, who makes a good living selling follow along workout videos and I was, I was trying to explain to her I was like look Lauren you know your demographic are really busy housewives you know, and we, we weren't said make, that, and we put that yeah, and we, and we, 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 we weren't that. making yeah we weren't making fun of that gamma demographic we get it and yeah you've helped a lot of people that's great we're talking about men who want to be strong and powerful you're, you're not men. it's not going to happen oh, watching P90X or any other follow along workout because they're, look, they're <laughs> looking for the path of least resistance so to speak Right. You know, they're looking for the easy, the short, easy way. The short, easy way is fucking five by five. That's the short fucking well, easy I mean, that, way. That's why I explained that Joe Rogan, I mean, Joe Rogan, I don't know if I'm the one who got him into kettlebells, but I was one of the early guys who gave him kettlebell information. But anyway, you know, years ago, he's like, yeah, I bought a few of your videos. Have you ever thought about doing a follow-along video? I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I was like, you want to be strong and powerful, man. It's not going to happen doing that. He's like, oh, no. you know, I'm just kind of lazy. You know, it'd be something for me to follow along. I was like, look, man. And then he, he, does, he, he and now, now he promotes this other guy's follow along video talking about what a great workout it is. I was like, tell you what, man, next time you're in Vegas, we'll go do 10 hundred yard sprints. I guarantee you, halfway through that, <laughs> you're gonna realize what a good no, workout absolutely. is. Absolutely, I'll tell you what. This follow along bullshit with the thirty five pound kettlebell. This about being safe. I'm not trying. If you want proper kettlebell instruction and to lift that thing correctly, you know, you're not gonna sit there and want to look at your television while you're doing that. While you're doing freaking snatches, good luck with right. trying to watch your TV while you're performing. In fact, good luck keeping your television while you're doing snatches and trying to watch TV because you're probably gonna end up throwing it into the television. Watch TV anyway. I, I want to listen to some intense music. Exactly. And I want to sit there. No, totally. And the thing is, I'll tell you what, a good percentage of follow-along DVDs, they end up 
littering yard sales across America. Well, because or they're, the the good, they're in good How many times can you do that workout exactly. also? No, you got, yeah. you, got to, you got to switch up your workouts every three to six weeks, right? So what well, are you going to do? Well, so this, this workout along video has maybe, what, three or four workouts? Then what do you do? Well, that's that's the premise of P90. It's a good business model because now that you've finished that up and you've done it like two or three times, what's next? Oh, we've got a new one now. Here's I mean, just, just, just show me someone who can deadlift 600, bench press 400, squat 500 from doing follow-along training. You know, just right. and those those aren't even elite numbers. Those are just really good numbers. No one no one gets really strong doing those workouts, man. It's like yeah, you can get this little ripped Abercrombie and fish fucking you know physique. <laughs> I but, mean, you get uh, strong if you've been sitting on your ass and you haven't been doing anything. But you're not. How how much stronger are you going to get? You know, that's the thing. Well, At some yeah, point, it's, it's going to stop. Is it better than nothing? Yeah, of course it's better than nothing. But the point is, right. like our audience are people who want to be strong and powerful like us, right? So that's so we're just giving them the truth. That's why we right. don't. That's why I don't make follow along videos. And I had this one jerk off on Twitter who's like, oh. It was like, oh yeah, here's a guy saying why a lot of testosterone boosters don't work and and why why you shouldn't do follow along videos and he sells both. <laughs> I was like, no dipshit, I don't sell follow along videos. I never have. He's like, oh, I actually have one of your videos. So I was like, well then you should know better, you dumb fuck. Why are you wasting hold my it, time on Twitter? Hold it. I have your videos. <laughs> like videos idiot. I have your early videos, and none of your early videos were follow along. They're demonstration videos, yes, pure and, they're, yeah, and, they're good, and they're good exercises. And I like them because you can take them, you can put stuff together, and it, then none of those were fucking fun. Yeah, and then I, I, I would have PDFs stacked with programs. You know, my yeah. philosophy has always been learn the technique from the video and then follow the PDF programs for application. You know, that's, yeah. always, been, that's exactly. always been what I do. I mean, you, but the, you, look at, the, you look at both our DVDs, like those are filmed like workshops, and we're not sitting there like, okay, guys, we're going to start again. Here we go. And three, two, one. It's none of that madness. <laughs> Come on, man. It was not follow-along DVDs, man. So, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Well, the thing is, too, is like when you get also into the Abercrombie Fitch type thing where people see that. And that's another visual lie that people, guys play into it as much as women play into it with the airbrushing and the photo touching and so on and so forth. Yeah. And we have this perceived notion of like how we're supposed to do, you know, it's like how we're supposed to be perceived and, right. or how we're supposed to look as opposed to just being the absolute best we are capable of being of. Well, I think, yeah. I think training for physique is always a mistake, right? You train for performance and then you yeah. eat clean. Your physique is going to go where it should go. Exactly. It's a byproduct. Yeah. yeah. So I never, I'm never going, okay, I want a six pack. So I'm going to train this way. It's like, I, if I want to get lean, I'm going to train the same way I normally train. I'll just add a little bit more metabolic conditioning and modified diet accordingly. But, I, but, I, but I'm always training for strength. There's never a time where I'm not training to get stronger. It's always part of this system and yeah. generally the primary focus of every workout. No, absolutely, and it's like, but yeah, I mean, the, it's it's weird with the follow along videos because it's like the thing, like one of the things that like Martin Rooney said about Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons has lost, burned more fat than I mean, any of the strength coaches I know, and he's like actually saved lives, and I think that's a great thing. He's opened himself up. He opened up a demographic to pe of people to fitness that wouldn't exactly – now, it's not exactly the way I would go about it. He kind of celebrates being fat too though, right? I mean he's got these videos where it's a bunch of fat people in the background working out on purpose. Well, it's a little <laughs> bit more it's, it's a little bit more of him. He's sharing his story like cause he used to be really, really overweight. And just let yeah. these, he's letting these people who are really overweight who think they don't have a hope in all the world, letting them know, okay. like, look, I've been where you've been. And, well, you know, and the thing is, if you're doing it, you're having fun with it and you're not worrying about, well, I need to go to the gym and do this, this, this. And I got to be on a program, do this. Just get up and move and have fun with it and not look at it right, as a workout. Right. You know, that's okay. the thing about it. Because most people who are yeah. overweight, when you tell them to work out, dude, it's not so much that 
they don't they roll their eyes. It, they they're scared to death of that because right. literally well, they think like, well, I'll go do that and I'll die because people told them that you're overweight yeah. and if you exercise, you're gonna die. But guess yeah. what? If I don't exercise, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and guess what? I'm a human being and we're all gonna die. So I just, at least let me make good time, make use of the time that I have here on this damn planet. Okay, so that's the one promise that 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 can be like guaranteed. We're all gonna f and die. Or like well, and, and, say, think, and I no think a lot of overweight, I think a lot of overweight people feel kind of embarrassed too, being in public, working yeah. out. Stuff like well, that. I can understand that. DVD works good for them. But again, yeah, sure. Yeah, but Exercise bike at home is good too. You know, it's a, yeah. one, a treadmill or a, a elliptical machine at home is fine as well. Yeah, I mean, walking around the block is fine. Yeah, the good. That's on your it. stairs. There's just so much. We put so yeah. much into it. Like, well, I need to go right. buy this and buy them. Like, nah, dude. It's like, oh, you got a two story house, dude. You got a gym, a functioning gym right there. Do you have yeah, a couch? Absolutely. Oh, you know that couch you've been sitting on watching TV with and watching The Biggest Loser and living vicariously <laughs> through them. Well, now guess what you can do? Every commercial break, squats. Just stand up and sit back down on the couch, up and down. Do what you normally do but actually do it with a purpose you know little yeah. things like that and people think like well, that's just too simple no yeah it's simple but no you know what's funny though since you're <laughs> like uh, parents who are so out of shape they can't work out their kids i mean just the other day at the dog park there was this young guy eight years old mm-hmm. super energetic kid right this guy wanted to climb trees he's yeah. running after dogs parents were all sitting around at the picnic table because they're tired and i was like you know what i'm gonna get some sprints and i was like hey I was like, let's race to the other end over there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wore this kid out, man. You know, awesome. he probably slept really well that night because this guy could, That's he was awesome. bored out of his mind, yeah, man. So everyone's just sitting around chit chatting. I used to go through that all the time when my kids were in elementary school and they have events when the parents would be there, like, you know, field day and all that. I would always be there to volunteer and help and run with the kids and do all this other stuff while all the all the dads are sitting there with their khaki shorts and their little polo shirts and you know with their <laughs> with their boat shoes on and then they got, the got their yeah, and they got their Ralph Lauren you know baseball cap with the bill all bent and they're just sitting there <laughs> and talking about the golf game and all this other madness and I'm out here on the, I'm on the freaking like I'm doing pull ups with the kids I'm on the monkey bars and doing all this stuff with them and these guys are like man. To my man, I wish I could be like you, man. Like, you know, how old are you? I'm like, dude, I'm, at that time, I was probably like 39, 40. You know, he's like, well, dang, man, I'm 35. I can't even do all that. I'm like, well, <laughs> do something about it. You don't have to yeah, sit there. I don't need exactly. you to be a fan and watch me over here, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, being active with the kids over here while you're sitting there watching and creeping, looking like R. Kelly, and watching yeah. kids from afar, you know, come over here and get <laughs> busy, man. <laughs> come on. Wish you the one hand and piss in the other and see what you got more of. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, that be that, but be that example. Sincere. Yeah. That's the thing. People need to see that because hopefully no, true. that'll yeah. sit in his head. He'll be like, you know what? Why can't I be that? Why do I not allow myself that? Why do I not give to myself that? Uh, and, and guess what? And then, that, when, yeah. While your wives are looking at me, you know, doing flips on the monkey bars with the kids, that should stick in your head too. Like, wait a minute. My wife's looking at this and, guy. And, <laughs> <laughs> I need to start yep. working out. She's years all ripping his shirt off. Holding the top position of the pull-up bar. Yeah. Let, me get a, let me get a little lat contraction in there. Also, yeah. letting the Check ponytail down, letting the dreads fly. Like, wait, wait a minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> so let me let me face you do some hanging leg raises. Check that out. It's like, yeah, those are lower abs. Check out those lower abs. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, you know, more, more motherfuckers got to live heroically. Yeah. More, you know, that's, yeah. like, that's like, I mean, case in point, Jason Brown is a good mm-hmm. friend of mine. And he talks about, like, how he plays with his kids outside. Yeah. And he lives in a neighborhood that's loaded with kids. But they're all inside playing video games, all inside watching TV. And I've met his kids, all three of his sons, tons of energy. Right. Super intelligent kids. Well, he's a very I mean, active guy himself. Yeah, yeah, Jason's Absolutely. Very active. He's, he's a, a BJJ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's big on being outside, man, and just taking advantage yeah. of that. He's always been that way since, I even, since I've known Jason. Yeah. yeah. Another good example of, of that. Like, 
It's just a, a perfect example. I mean, Steve Maxwell was like that. Steve Maxwell used to have a rope in his house, and if his son wanted to go upstairs, he had to climb the rope rather than take the stairs. <laughs> That's a fun household right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what when, I'm talking about. When Zach <laughs> came down for dinner, he'd jump on that rope, slide down like that's a firefighter. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's good. To me, that's good parenting. No, it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, talk, I think about like, you know. <laughs> Max, Max, I used to, Max used to take a bucket of cold water and dump it on his kids' heads in the backyard. <laughs> 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 so before there was that, 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 ice, that ice bucket challenge, gonna, there was gonna, Steve Maxwell. You get arrested for that shit now. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I'm going to wake up my kids in the morning for a productive day. Let's Child go in abuse. the backyard. <laughs> Oh, my, oh, yeah, you definitely have DCW pulled in on you for that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like, I mean, more people need to take that step. And whether it's the follow-along videos, if that's the gateway drug, then great, let it be that. And I have no problem because we're, we're, we're all trying the same thing. We're all trying to get more people moving. We're all trying to – really, we're trying to save lives here. Yeah. You know? right. the, the thing about our show is if we're, we're not going to try to be diplomatic. If we think something sucks, we're just going to voice our opinion. And that's, that's the other thing and I was trying that's to – That's what I love that's, about. That's, that's the other thing I told my friend Lauren Brooks. I was like, look, Lauren, just because we don't agree on this, who cares? Right. Yeah. It's, it's my show. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. You can say whatever you want through your mediums. You can say, fuck, Mike. That show sucks. I don't care. I'm not going to get all mad. I'm not going to get all – You know? Exactly. I mean – you can say whatever you want. You're of it. That's the beauty of it, and that's one of the reasons. Like, you know, I was like, no, it. Guy speaks his fucking mind. I like that. I'm, I want to. I want to do this this podcast. You know, because I heard I heard when you had Double J on. I was like, that's nah, fucking rad. Because you know, John, John will John will straight up speak his mind. You yeah. know, there's oh, there's fun. very there's very little filter on Double J. We're at the know? show in uh, Vegas at the Punk Rock Bowling Festival. It was a couple people were smoking in the backstage area and. John's like, hey, do me a favor, you know, just get the fuck out of here with those cigarettes. I'm allergic to that shit. <laughs> They're like, okay, no problem. Like, yeah, thanks a lot. It was like, I've never seen someone be polite. <laughs> yeah. Hey, get the fuck uh, out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, but John is, you know, that's what, that's one of the things I love about John and the, the people I choose to keep around me. You know, it's like, I, I think about like, and that's the thing is like coming from being a hardcore kid. You know, like growing up in the hardcore scene and, you know, basically grew up a street kid. You know, I grew oh, up in a well, band. How did, how did you get into a band? You know, I know you grew up in the area. You went to shows. How did that transition into getting into Burn um, side by side as some of the other bands you've been um, in? I would just, you know, I played music and that was it. You know, music kind of saved my life. It was like yeah. I, the first thing I got into was like, you know, like old heavy metal, like Black Sabbath and sure. yeah. Pink Floyd. Then all of a sudden it was like I heard Black Flag and it was like, boom, mm. the lights came on. Right. And it was like, well, wow, punk rock is the shit. And, I got super into it, and uh, but I always liked. I was also I, I grew up around a lot of jazz and a lot of blues and a lot of classical. So my mom, you know, for the limited amount of good parenting she gave, was very very supportive of me playing music. So that always that, that's interesting yeah. because you can hear the jazz influence in Burn. Yeah, very yeah, much so. I was just listening it. to it this morning, and it's great <laughs> stuff. And you can really, Thanks. you guys in Kandira, you can really hear that jazz influence. Oh my God! When Candiria played the night before us, yeah, they're fucking I, they, awesome. They were so good. I was sitting there. I was like, I'm standing next to uh, Jessica Pimentel from uh, from uh, oh God, fuck. Everybody, everybody gets hurt. Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. She's, she's also yeah, she's also on uh, Orange Is the New Black, and uh, we're sitting there just okay. jaw, jaw dropped watching. Like, like, and it takes a lot to get that girl to stand still. She was just like, what? We're watching the drummer just like. 
What the? Well, those fuck? guys, those guys are wild. You know, there's some bands out now like Converge, Dillinger, Escape Plan. It's just chaos. I I, I describe yeah. that music as chaos. Yeah. I mean, some people call it mathcore, which sounds ridiculous to what? me. Yeah. Math mathcore is like <laughs> where these guys fans of algebra and started a band. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but Dillinger have, Escape Plan. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is chaos. I mean, I oh, like yeah. it. And Converge, it's just chaotic. And I actually like listening to music like that when I'm lifting really heavy weights, nails, trap them, just this chaotic yeah, music. Absolutely. But, 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 but Burn and, and Kandira, they're the ones where you, re- they're the first hardcore bands. You guys are the first hardcore bands, you two, where I really felt that jazz influence. And it sounds totally contradictory, but you guys made it work. Thanks. Well, the funny thing about jazz is like, I mean, I was in a band with Gigi Brown, who his father was the late Marion Brown, who had played with, uh, played with Miles Davis. Yeah. And, he drew a lot of similarities to what hmm. we were doing in the in the hardcore scene, especially with like when he like listened to the Bad Brains. He goes, "Oh, that's jazz," oh, yeah. you know. Sure. And he'd listen to like different different like punk rock things. And we were playing outside the box just because we didn't have we had no idea there was a box to begin with. You know? <laughs> so it's like you know, so we're just just playing, and that was it, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up so much like involved in music that it always stuck. So I never. Like was just oh, it's only hardcore. It's only hardcore. Right. To me, it's just music. Well, I mean, I even love. even Chromags, the Harley's bass and Mackie's drums, strong rhythm. Oh man, really strong rhythm. I remember seeing Mackie one day, watching the Chromags play one day, and there was this little guy standing off stage watching him, and it was kind of weird because he didn't belong. And I went up, <laughs> I went over to J- uh, Jerry Williams, J. Dubley, who was like he was old sound man that everybody. I was like, who's that little guy? He goes, oh, that's Steve Gadd. And Steve Gadd is a legendary jazz, jazz drummer. Wow. And he was sitting there watching Mackie play every fucking hit. Steve, <laughs> Steve Gadd's played with everybody from Tom Waits to Steely Dan wow. to, like, all these guys. And he was just sitting there just, like, taking in everything that Mackie did. You know, it was like – and that was one of the things that made me realize that, like, what we were doing was so much bigger. Like, the, I mean – the Chromax influenced so many. Well, I mean, the, Cro- the Chromax should have been as big as Slayer and and Megadeth and all of that. You know, they they well, had the they, is- they they could have been if it wasn't all those just conflicting personalities. Absolutely, they, they just had the musical talent to go so far. Yeah, if there was if the thing about Slayer, if there was no GRI, there would never be any Slayer. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. GRI Slayer, was Slayer had a strong you know punk yeah. influence. A lot of people Huge. don't know that. Like, yeah, and it's like it's just so amazing to see how much the hardcore scene, and that's one of the things I love. One of my prides about being like a New Yorker is that like hardcore and hip hop, and it's like we don't own it because it's music, and music cannot really be owned. But our influence with hardcore and hip hop, I mean, even uh, I, Phil Phil and Salmo calls Harley his sensei. You know, he's oh, absolutely. Agnostic Front, Chromex were huge influences on on Pantera, and, and, and even more so Super Joint Ritual. If you listen to that, that has yep. a strong hardcore. Some of the songs sound very Agnostic Front. Yeah, yeah, and it's like we've had such such an influence between in New York with hardcore and hip hop, and even with that that hardcore hip hop interplay between itself. Yeah, it's yeah. like that's one of the things that makes me really proud of New York is what we've done musically. And I'm not saying like, oh, New York hardcore is the only thing because I'm a huge fan of the Adolescents. I'm a huge fan of X. I'm a huge fan of Discharge. I love like I just love fucking music. And but I mean, hip- Biohazard did a really good job with that whole hip hop. Hardcore, uh, yep, yeah, absolutely, and I and I love Biohazard, man. And, and Billy's a cool guy. Not front on Rage Against the Machine, because oh, yeah, no, I, you I, cannot, sure. man. <laughs> not yeah, at all. I've known I've known Zach for for years, and I remember the first time I saw Rage Against the Machine play live, we played with them in Body Count. Oh, we wow. opened for we opened for Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine went on, and. 
the second they hit the stage, I was like, holy shit, everything has now changed. I mean, and not for nothing, Body Count didn't have a stage to go out on after Raid. I mean, looking back at yeah. that, that was not a smart move. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the only like time Body Count out. came after Rage Against the Machine. Well, you could tell, too, because Ice-T was pissed off. Because <laughs> there was no energy left in the room. Yeah, and and like, I like I like Body Count, but yeah, they're yeah. not, not going to come out. They're, yeah. they're, they're not going to go on after Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Rage came out, and they just they burned that room to the ground. It was and it was so funny because right after that show, Zach and I went to go see L Seven down at uh mm. down at down at uh down at another venue. It was like it was cool because back in the day, like you play with those bands and you go see your other friends' band. Right, right, right. And it was like it was just such a friggin' magical time. I mean, and I'm sure that goes on now. I mean, it's like now my life is different. I, I right. you know, I, I own this dojo. I get out to shows when I can. Um, you know, but it's like, I mean, I love this gym too, because like my friends come by and stop by, you know, I love all my coaches I work with. I find they're fucking are, there, are there any newer bands that, that, that excite you? Um, yeah, there's a couple I saw at, uh, like wisdom and Ch- wisdom and change. And they're not even, yeah, they're newer. They, I, yeah I, they've been around for a while, but they, they, they um, weren't, they weren't around during when we grew up, of course, but yeah, no, no. um, there was a band, a couple bands that played like suburban scum that played with us at, uh, at the, at the at the black and blue ball, I was really kind of impressed with them and Heavy Chains. And then yeah. there's a bunch of younger bands out that are coming up that I'm like, wow, they're real. It's cool because they fucking mean it. Yeah, yeah. you know. And it's really exciting to see that. And it's good. It's like because I just you know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good music now. You just have to find it. It's not yeah. easy to find, and that's yeah. where I, and that's why that's why it just kind of goes under the rug because it's not on MTV. There's no Headbangers Ball. There's not I mean, not that anyone would watch that anymore anyway, even if there were with YouTube and all that. Yeah, but, but but I, I I spend a lot of time listening to music, researching bands. One of my hobbies, and I and I find a lot of really cool stuff. But it takes some effort. Yeah, yeah, it's, it takes even more effort now because I think because there's. There's so much like kind of like mediocre stuff that just gets yeah. flood, that, that floods the market. Yeah, you have to you have to work your way through really all of that. that. That's exactly. that's the problem. <laughs> you know, and there's yeah, and it's really it's difficult. Where you know, wherefore it was like back pre-internet, it was like word of mouth, like right. you know, right. hey dude, there's this new band you got to check out. You know, and usually you know if you heard it from your friends, you can trust them. Right. You know, and like, which, just, you would just go to shows and some band opening up that you never yeah, heard of yeah, would yeah, kill like, it. Was that? Like, wow, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. that was like that. That's such a great energy when you go in the room and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, and you're hoping I mean, they're selling their CDs or whatever in the back of the room. Like, dude, yeah, dude, yeah, exactly. you're, Please tell me you're selling your stuff in the back, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, Crumb Eggs would open up for Motorhead, and and people would go to Motorhead like, who are these guys? And then they'd be oh, blown that, blown away by the time they finished their set. That was such a great tour. Yeah. Oh my God! I remember seeing that at the Ritz. That was such. That was yeah. That was. I mean, fun. they they became notorious for. Oh, we don't want to go on after them. You know, the no. head, headliners would be like, let's get these guys off the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and you're absolutely right, man. They should have been. And it was just so. You know what it was? I think it's like we didn't know what we had. And we didn't know how powerful it was. Well, my, my theory about the Crumb Eggs is they changed genre too much. They, they had a lot of problems, but the, one of the biggest problems they had was they changed genres way too much. Like Age of Quarrel to Best Wishes. Now, I like both. In yeah. fact, Best Wishes actually got me into the Crumb Eggs, and then I went back to Age of Quarrel because I was more of a metal guy than a hardcore guy at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really like Best Wishes, but someone who loves Age of Coral, I can see why they would be like, what the hell is this? And, yeah. then, and then if that weren't enough, Alpha Omega, forget it. 
Yeah. And then everything yeah, yeah. after that, we don't even want to talk about. Now, Revenge, I really liked, but that was like a little bit too little, too late was kind of where that yeah. was at. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, so it, what Chromex needed to do, my theory is they needed to make three records just like Age of Quarrel. Then they could have done whatever they wanted. Like Metallica, yeah. Metallica had Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets. Everything after that, in my opinion, sucks. But it doesn't matter Thank because the, because those Thank three are you. those three are fucking masterpieces. And Justice for All, people are like, what about Justice for All? I go, that album sucks. And Black, that fucking sucks, dick. But Master Thank of you. Puppets, masterpiece. Ride the Lightning, masterpiece. Kill 'Em All, masterpiece. So yeah. if it was if it wasn't for those three records, they ne- they wouldn't have had the success they had. Those, those are the three records that made them legit. It established them. So what Chromex needed, or at least at least two like Age of Coral, if they did three in a row yeah. that were as good as Age of Coral, or at least yeah. in the ballpark, they would they could have done whatever they wanted after that. It wouldn't have mattered. I think also what it was is they had a lot of people telling them like, uh, you know, from the outside, oh well, this is what you got to do. Right, you need right, to yeah. do what Rec- that band is doing. You need labels. as yeah. a uh, yeah, uh, exactly. And you know this sincere because you yeah. worked in the industry yeah. and you know that how how the A and R people get like, oh well, you should do what that person's doing. Yeah, and these guys were young guys, eighteen yeah. to twenty-one, when they were during the biggest peak of Chrome X. I mean, they were young. And the thing is about it is like, and people don't realize that Harley's legacy in music is like, yeah, Homeboy was asked to play with the Clash when he was 11 years old. Wow. Like, yeah, it's like he played with the Misfits. Like, he's played, he's been doing music all his life. Yeah, stimulators, drummer. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things I can say is like, if when his new music comes out, whoever's listening to this who's a music fan in general, if especially if you're in the hardcore scene, take all the internet opinions because they're not yours. And put them to the fucking side. Listen yeah. to the music. Just listen to the music. Yeah. Then form your opinion on it. Take all the controversy, all the bullshit fucking rumor, put it to the <laughs> side because that fucking taints shit. Allow yourself. Yeah, my, my attitude is if you weren't in the room, then you don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't know. And then, <laughs> and then if, if what happened did happen, then why didn't anyone testify? Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's so, many, there's so many holes in the argument where that's. It's like if everyone, I mean, hell, you know, if someone attacked me with a knife and all that, I'm going to show up in court. I'm going to make sure that guy gets prosecuted. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, no. let me skip out on that. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, people and, didn't. Uh, want, it's one thing to lie to the police on the streets; it's another thing to lie in a court of law. You know, and that's what people yeah. realize. Yeah, no, absolutely true. And like I said, I'm, you know, and people, you know, I'm probably going to get someone be like, oh, well, you're a Harley sympathizer. No, I'm not a Harley sympathizer. I'm a fucking friend of Harley Francis Flanagan, first off. I'm not a sympathizer. I don't sympathize <laughs> with him because, you know, the guys fucking stand up and a real man doesn't need sympathy. Right. Okay? So it's that simple. All right? <laughs> and, you know, it, you know, and I'm not hard to find if you have an issue with what I'm saying. I'm so, like I said, like I said, I'm short, I'm wide, I stick out in a crowd. Come talk, come talk to me and bring some coffee. We'll have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, and again, it's like, I understand with your beef with, with Facebook too, getting down to that is that people don't formulate their own fucking conclusions. Well, that's like, they, well, they never, I, they I never just, click through the, if you post something, they don't even click through, they just see the title of it and then automatically yep. they form their opinion like, oh, they'll hit like or like F that guy. Did you even read the article? Yeah. Huh? Well, F that yeah. guy anyway. <laughs> like, well, what, what I don't like is the fact that people share their personal lives on social media. I think that's utterly moronic and it's beyond narcissistic. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's just, it just boggles the mind. It's like, keep no, it's, that shit private, man. That stuff is sacred. 
No, no, what you and your wife are doing, what you and your family are doing, it's none of our business. And nothing sucks more well, is when that, when that thing fails, and then all of a sudden you got to sit there and eat yep. crow. Like, well, I thought you guys. Well, were it, it, you're, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it fail by doing all that shit, posting yeah. every fucking nuance of your relationship on social media. You're just bound to fail. Are you kidding me? Well, here's okay, here's one thing that I'll go out there. Okay, I work for Caveman Coffee, which is like you know they're good friends of mine. And like I went out on a limb because I'm one of those guys that you guys hate. I like, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say we're, like about, we're about to tear into you, buddy. Bring, bring the butter. <laughs> bring the butter. Here comes the butter. <laughs> we're about to tear in. Here comes the turning point. <laughs> oh, the, the vegetarian's about to go out for blood. Here we go. Um, but no, it's like I haven't I haven't worked my way up to a whole stick of butter in my coffee yet, but. Um, but I posted something about it, and it was well, all... you got to pull it out of your ass first. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you've read the Papa Pump technique. <laughs> That's the part people forget about the butter cover. They go, pull, you got you to you shove the stick up your butt first. And then whatever's left over, you pull out. That goes in the coffee. Right? That, that's, that's the real butter bulletproof coffee. I posted this article that someone had posted that was hilarious about how the whole thing like made me, uh, brought me closer to God and fixed my, brought my wife back to me, all this stuff. And like I posted it, and all these guys, like people are liking it. And I, I'm like, did you guys even read that article? It was total satire. No, and I, and I, and I, know, and I know Tate Fletcher, too. I've met him a couple yeah. times. Nice guy. Yeah. I like the guy. I like Tate yeah. Fletcher. But Tate Fletcher has got his head so far up Asprey's ass, man. I don't know if he can form an opinion on Asprey's well, stuff. That, Asprey's a fucking fraud, dude. Straight oh, up and down, oh, man. That guy is so full of shit all... that there's nothing that we can trust from him. Well, you know that he did a lot. He did, uh, he did the comparative testing on Asprey's beans to uh, several other companies and basically called Dave out on it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. I didn't him, know that. That's good. I know that him and Asprey had a little bit of a falling out. Oh, also, good, good. I'm happy also, to hear that. He also, <laughs> he also said, hey, I'll tell you what, man. I was, I was drinking the Asprey Kool-Aid when it came out, too. Even even I tried that shit. I'll be honest. Yeah, I was like, I didn't try the butter. I mean, I tried the coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's funny because his coffee, his coffee tastes really synthetic. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't taste Fucking thank you for finally saying that. Yeah, it was because when I say it, I look like a hater. But I'm like, no, I know good coffee when I taste it. I've tasted it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I'm like, who the fuck are you to question me when you're drinking Folgers, motherfucker? Well, I mean, well, it's funny. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, another another coffee aficionado I know, Dennis Martinez. Like, I, I bought a bag of this stuff, and and Dennis is a jujitsu instructor, and, stuff, yeah, and right. he said mm -hmm. he tasted it, and he's a big coffee nut. And he goes like, "This shit don't taste right," and I was like, "You think?" He goes, "Taste it." He goes, "No, this doesn't taste right." He goes, "It tastes like it's mixed with styrofoam or something." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we went out. We went over to Gregory's, which is another you know really well known coffee spot. Yeah. I, said, I was like. Yeah, right. It doesn't taste right. And I'm not sure it what it no, is. It has no characteristics Look, whatsoever. So, so, I can many, actually... so many of the marketing things are so dumb. Like oh the MCT God. oil, 10 times more effective than coconut oil. Really? How the fuck do you quantify that? <laughs> 10 times more powerful. What? 10 yeah. times more powerful at giving you diarrhea? You know, how do you, how, how do you quantify that, man? Well, that's also what I love, too. I've had people be like, oh, the MCT oil. Am I, I'm, uh, how many tablespoons am I? I'm like, use a quarter of a teaspoon. I'm like yeah. stick and, of know, butter and a tablespoon yeah. of MCT oil. Well, first of all, you're be first of all when deal. you when you put the cup down and you show someone that after you've done that, it looks like the BP oil spill. And anyone that drinks <laughs> anyone that yeah. drinks coffee, they look at it. I'm not drinking that. What's wrong with that coffee, man? <laughs> well, no, you're out. You're out. More oil in like your coffee than like a day's worth of meals. <laughs> well, the thing is too with 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 when they do that. I mean, it's like 
if you've ever been to like a Waffle House or a Denny's, it looks like the coffee. It looks like the coffee there. Yeah, it's like what is <laughs> that know? swimming like, on top of my? And why is there a rainbow in in that little puddle on top of the of the coffee? What is that? There's what a is... fly in there doing the backstroke. They're picking ducks yeah. up and washing them off. It's just like a oil spill. It looks like the, the the Valdez spill or something going on. Come on, man. Well, the thing is also <laughs> that people don't realize too is that it's also it's a supplement, and there's nothing yeah. that beats. And you guys got into a good thing too. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing that beats a good fucking meal. Right. Eat good food. Yeah, no, guy, when this guy, you know, I was on this yeah. guy's podcast. He's talking about that. He's a he's a friend of Asprey, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm still gonna talk about this guy. And he's yeah. sincere, you know. So you know, you're big on coffee. So you know, what do you say? Then I said, eat a fucking meal. I said, why yeah, are you trying exactly. to drink a day's worth of food in a damn coffee cup? I said, whatever happened? Yeah. Why are people so busy? They they don't even have time now to eat. What does that even mean? So what what's next? Oh. We're not gonna have time to breathe. We're gonna walk around with oxygen tanks now all the time. Like, what does that even mean? Well, how long does it take to make a good breakfast? Man? I, mean, I look yeah. forward to breakfast in the morning. I wake up. I'm like, great. I'm going to have breakfast now. Get yeah, he's, my day. He's telling me people doing this because, you know, they don't have time. They won't do this. But at the same time, he flips it over. And he's talking about, I don't like coffee because all the process of having to make coffee. I'm like, I said, <laughs> I said, then I said, look, I said, well, you know what? That's, that's your opinion. You don't like coffee and you don't want to go through the process. That's on you. I said, I enjoy the whole science of it. I enjoy the whole yeah. art of it, of, especially when you're using good, if you're drinking shitty coffee, then of course I see what you're talking about. I feel you, you know, but when yeah. you're sitting there and you go to a, a, a reputable roaster and they tell you, you hear the characteristics of this coffee and they have it on the package. And then you go and you roast it up and you're looking for the, it's like a guy that loves bourbon, that loves whiskey or whatever. There's guys, I've learned now that, there are these characteristics of bourbon and whiskey. I'm like, well, shit, before I was just drinking it. It was brown with ice. Oh, you know, to my, and, you know, I got a buzz. I was good. You know, but these guys are like, no, you can taste like this, that, and the other. And I think what really got me into even just learning about that with coffee was when I started back smoking cigars and noticed the characteristics in that. And a lot of the coffee, a lot of those coffee countries are also the same countries that are producing the best cigars. And I started oh, noticing a lot of those characteristics were parallel. From both, and yep. then pairing them up together, just it was a it was a win win situation. And you that know. also comes from good soil. A good freaking soil, right there. Right? Yep. And, you, and then it makes me start wondering about food. Like, damn, I remember Absolutely. you could taste characteristics in food at one time. That is literally the root mystic. of it. Like, you eat a tomato that's been organic, and then compared to a, just a regular conventional tomato, you're like, nah. And I grew up in a small town where we had a garden every year, so I can sit there and taste a, a tomato. I'm like, nah, that's not what we grew. I said, that does not taste like a tomato, man. That's just something that's hard and with juice in it. Okay, so it's a big sad, The sad thing is cigar aficionados are probably more concerned about the soil that they get their cigars from. And then where their from, food is coming from. Their food is coming from. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I like a good cigar, too. So they got a good cigar, but they got like a freaking Big Mac on, you know, right before that. <laughs> yeah, these, guys, these guys at the, the man cave over yeah. here, Sincere, that we didn't get a chance to go when you were out here last time. I go there every once in a while to get a cigar. It's a cool place, but you walk in there, yeah, it looks like someone just hit remedies the fast food bar right before they came oh over oh my god it's just all you walk in all you see is cigars and bellies you see pot bellies just sitting there and, and leather chairs you're like wow. this is like their way of feeling like a man i'm gonna yeah. get a cigar i'm gonna go smoke a cigar like a man and have a have a gin and tonic at, a, at the main cave before i go home to my bitchy wife <laughs> tell me to put the garbage out exactly and that's like the whole that's the whole melody it's the new strip club it's, 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 it's a it's more tough. tolerable strip club where they won't get in trouble like well i'm hanging with the guys yeah. so i can't get in trouble if i tell her go but to the strip club that's back an issue. Into the whole the whole mentality that we talked about before of guys who don't take care of themselves and like oh well you know i'm gonna go have a cigar and a fucking cheeseburger you know it's like you know it's like dude when you're, you're like 
that cigar should really be a privilege, not a right. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. You earn yeah. that shit, man. Exactly, man. Like, yeah, what did you, you earn that come on, That's a way of just cooling down. You've been busting your ass, you know, putting some things together. You got your business, you've been working, and now you just want to chill. Because the one thing about Absolutely. that, one thing about a cigar, I was telling Mike this in the beginning when I was really getting back into it. I said, here's the beauty of smoking cigars. You, either you smoke it by yourself or you smoke with people you really like because you're going to be doing this for about an hour or so and you don't want to be around a bunch of assholes. You know, just like at a bar where you can just go. Or, 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 or you explain how to do it sincere to a lady who ends up not doing it and just, just leaves right after her. Puffs and then I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm like, you know, our friendship no, is now, wanna, our friendship is now a, in question. Yeah. You want it to be, a, it's about the experience. You want the experience to be good. Exactly. And that's what, I mean, that's what you deserve. Right. And that's, you know, it's like, and that's the whole, let's get back in the whole life experience. You deserve to have a good life. You're not going to allow yourself a life, man. It's like, then tip that off to Darwin. That's all good. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting. We got, we got really off the fucking base here, didn't we? That's what we do on our show. We don't care. I love that. Yeah, no, we're, like, not, we're not formal, man. We're not going to bring you on here and go, so Gavin, when did you start playing guitar? <laughs> no, we, were, we were talking about the caveman coffee, so uh, let's, um, go back, yeah, let's go exactly. back to that because I think you have yeah. something to say about that. Well, that's well. one thing I, I mean about the products. That we, that I, I really like our product, and I love the people that I work with. Uh, Tate's a stand-up guy. Keith Fletcher's an amazing guy. Lacey McKay is also Isn't one of the uh, Keith Jordine involved with it? Keith Jordine, yeah. 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 yeah, and Keith's just – I mean he's – he, it's so funny because he's such a, a, a gentle giant away. He's very quiet, right. very observant guy. And, uh, it's, I mean, I, I like the people that I work with. I love the product. Well, how, very, how, how are you involved with this? You're an investor or what, what are you? Oh, no, I work, I'm, I'm like the East Coast rep for them. Okay. Like, okay. I deal with like restaurants. I know a lot of people in the restaurant, nightclub industry. I know a lot of athletes out here. I work with a lot of the athletes. I mean, uh, so it's like we, you know, I, I get them. I've gotten them a lot of business, like with just like what's individual. The, what, what's coffee. what's special about this coffee? What do you like about it? Um, the processing. I mean, I'm a big fan of the white roast that we have because it's really light roast. It's super high test caffeine. Um, it's my it's my morning preference. Yeah. And uh, I will drink. I mean, it kind of once you, once you boil boil it down, it comes off almost like a tea. It's not it's not like a thick like the blood the dark roast is really strong, really robust. Right. But the, the lighter roast, it's it's a lot lighter. I mean you can see through it, which my when I first started drinking coffee, if you could see through coffee, I'd be kind of suspect of it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you know, gradually as you learn, um, and I just I, I love the product and also, the processing that they go through because it's single estate. It's yeah, not just so they work with the actual farmers. You yeah, know, they, you know, yeah, I remember cool. saying in the very beginning. Yeah. So you know, they're actually working directly with those guys, and it's somebody they know. The they know the family, and the thing is, they're, they're not afraid to reveal who they are. See, that's another thing about yeah. Asprey. He, he's all secretive and you know, keeping it to himself. I'm like, nah, man, where's this shit coming from? <laughs> you know, well, that, well, you know, he he grew up he grew up in Albuquerque, where I believe his parents were scientists involved with nuclear testing or something along. Was Asprey or Tate? Yeah, no Asprey. No Asprey, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't quote me on that mm -hmm. because some kind of like atomic testing or something along those lines oh, where basically you were isolated. He grew up in an environment where you were isolated from the rest of society. 
So he's an yeah. area, he's an area fifty one. He's a fucking alien. I get it now. <laughs> now it makes sense. It makes fucking sense now. <laughs> yeah, but aliens I think have more more intelligence, more consistent, more consistent science. More, more yeah. <laughs> like those those lizards in V had way more intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, have you guys ever heard, have you guys ever heard of Army Leg? Uh-uh. Army Leg used to do all his fact. I love his name, but used to do all his fact checking and all his research. Army left him because. Like, Dave would totally just like, oh, well, you know, this has been factual, but it's good for marketing. And Army was like, my friend Antonio Valderas, another hardcore kid, was like, yeah, Army Leg is doing this whole thing that's like kind of like, you might want to bring him on because he could definitely put some light on the whole Asprey thing for you, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the guy makes sense. He's a really, really knowledgeable guy. Well, a lot lot of what most people do is good for marketing, right? That's that's the temptation that's always there. and. It's it's a lot, many people fall into that trap. Like a lot of a lot of trainers fell into the whole Dan Kennedy ad copy, and yeah. I, I was influ- influenced by that to some extent when I first got in the business. But it was too over the top for me to take too yeah. far. So I dabbled in it a little bit with some articles, and I realized, you know what, this looks stupid. Unfortunately, I made some mid course corrections. But a yeah. lot a lot of people they get in the business, they want to be successful, and they're like, hey, I don't I don't know how to build a business, so it's it's easy to be privy to this advice. It's easy to fall for it. No, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's the thing is like, honestly, you know, the truth has never come back and bit you in the ass. You know, that's one of the things. No, that's right. I, I try to keep things as honest as possible, you know, and I try to keep things just dead up honest. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a crew in Muay Thai, and that does not mean that I am like, I'm infallible, you know? Right. And a lot of people, I, one of the best statements I heard about some, someone who, uh, there's a, a jiu-jitsu guy that I worked with, and he said, yeah, well, you know, so-and-so, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's kind of a white belt in white. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you know. You know that, that's and, a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah. So, There's people we know who are formidable with their strength and conditioning, but yeah. the way they carry themselves in life, their business, their personal lives, like, man, total disconnect. Exactly. And that's the thing is to be someone of esteem is what I kind of try to look Yeah. And, and I don't like that. I don't like that lack of consistency. It kind of irks yeah. me. It's like, what's the yeah. point? You know, what's the point of being this badass in this context, but you're a fucking pussy everywhere else in life? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who no, are you? Very true. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're not standing for anything, really. Yeah, yeah, you're just a total fence walker, man. Yeah. You know, it's like I I made a joke on Twitter. I go, you know, the whole saying, be a man, doesn't mean jack shit anymore because most are passive fence walkers, don't stand for anything. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) No, you got a good, you got a very good point there. Be a man. It's like, okay, like from maybe from 30 years ago, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Be a man as compared to what? Okay. The thing is also owning, owning your bad points. Because a yeah. lot of people don't, I mean, especially when you get to the level of like, you know, like, okay, I've got, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of acclaim as a strength coach, you know, which is really cool. But here's the thing. There's still shit I don't know. And there's still shit that I want to learn. Right. And it's yeah. like, that's why I'm glad, like, you know, I'm glad we've made acquaintance. I'm glad, like, I will constantly, like every couple months, I'll reach out to John Hines and be like, Hey bro, what do you think about this? Zach Evanesh, another sounding board of mine. I love Zach. Cause Zach is. Zach is crazy in all the best ways as far as I'm concerned. Well, there's so, um, many, there's so many things you can learn. I mean, even on the last episode, we were talking about just the deadlift. You know, I've been deadlifting for over a decade, and I'm still learning little things that make a big difference. Yeah. And, and that's, and and that's, like that's, that. a, that's a simple movement to the outsider, right? You're just bending over yeah. and picking up a bar. But there, yeah. there, there's so many technique points that timed right, it just, it's, it's just a magical difference. You're like, wow, that bar just flew off the ground where normally I'm dying. Yeah, with, no, not not yeah. because your muscles got bigger or you're firing more 
fast twitch fibers, no, because you changed your technique just a little bit more and you timed it just right, hit that sweet spot. Yeah, and it's yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's like it's so funny when you hit that aha moment and you're like, Holy cow, this just this just became new again. It's one of the best feelings ever, man. When you're when you're lifting more than you ever have and it feels easier than it should. That's like one yeah. of the best feelings in the world. When you just rip that, you're like, Holy shit, this feels easy. <laughs> you feel yeah. like you could take on the world after that. And that's one of the, one of the things that draws respect, I think, is that you know you lift you lift for lack of you lift you lift raw. You're not you know you, I, I remember you talking about like you know I tried wearing a belt but it didn't feel right. And, yeah, you know, I just don't I, like yeah, it. And, I, I, I want to know I want to know what I can do. Exactly. You know, yeah. And plus, yeah, it catches I, my damn hair, and it's not fun. When I'm deadlifting, <laughs> I don't want to think about anything else but that freaking bar. I don't want to think like oh shit. I wish <laughs> I had that problem. <laughs> um, now my, yeah. my my belt is my midsection. You know, if I tighten yeah. that up, my back is protected and then yeah. well people are like well you use chalk i'm like okay fine i use chalk right i'm not going to walk around with chalk on of course but i don't yeah. want the bar slipping out of my hand at the gym you know, yeah. Yeah. You know? and it's like but that's one of the things and like i had a guy telling me like oh you could you keep working on you could pull this much with a belt on i said but that wouldn't be my lift yeah exactly, right, exactly. well mark 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 is like yeah story, mark philippe right? goes you could have 50 pounds to your deadlift easily with the belt i was like 50 pounds like shit <laughs> i could be deadlifting 575 for a double right now <laughs> Yeah. But, that, that, but that's that's kind of lame, but too. But it's always going to be that asterisk right there the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Like, what can you really do? Though? Because I'm not competing. You know, it's one thing if you're going to a competition and you're yeah, trying to win. On. That's different. How old are you now? I'm 41. You're 41? I say you got 575 by 44. What's that? I say you get 575 by 44. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, I want to. I want to pull. I want to pull six hundred, and uh, you know, I'll get like five fifty, five sixty by then. I mean, I've pulled five twenty five okay. raw, so that means I could pull five forty five once. But I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to say that until I've actually done it. Otherwise, it's just theory. So anyway, I, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I'll hit five fifty, five fifty five this year. And I'm just gonna. Tell, I'm patient. You know, I don't need to hit six hundred this year or next year. I'll hit it soon. A couple of years. Here's here's a sad thing is that I have no doubt that you're going to hit those numbers. And here's the sad, the even sadder thing about it. Is that I, I want to know what the body count is of all these guys we've been talking about who are wolfing down the cheeseburgers and not taking care of themselves in the time it's taken you to do that work to get that weight up. What will be the all cause mortality rate? Yeah. How many of these guys are, are like not going to hear our words and be like, yeah, I don't need that shit? And, you know, guys don't know they got their tongue on the lips of a fucking heart attack. Yeah. You know? And, well, you know, I mean, every day I see people that are just ticking time bombs, man. It's like it yeah. could happen any minute. Like this one guy at the dog park, it could happen there. We could all be hanging out at the dog park one night, and this guy just falls right over. Yep. And like no exaggeration, man. I mean, it's that it's it's that dire. Yeah, and yeah, and that's. I mean, it's sad because you know, part of me, the sick side of me, says like, "Hey, great, more room for me," but uh. <laughs> You know, it's like I mean, it's said in one context, but in another context, it's like they can they can do something about it if they want to, and they're choosing not to. Right. Now, there, there's people all over the world who want a better life, and but they can't do anything about it. You know, you're poor in India, that's it. You're screwed, man. Yeah. You live on. You're a street kid in India. You got no clothes. There's no system in place to help you. I mean, your chances of any upward mobility are fucking zero. Yep. You know, unless someone comes along and just adopts you, takes you out of that environment. Right. So I, I don't really feel sorry for too many people in America. And I know that there's poverty in America. I'm not delusional. And I know that there's real suffering in America. But, you know, someone who can do something about a situation and chooses not to, you're not going to get any sympathy from me. Absolutely. And the cop out starts at home with, a, well, I don't have the money to eat well. That's a crock of shit because too many people have done the research. Hey, of like, 
Even in the poor community, here's the thing. Whether you're on food stamps and you got the, you know, the, the card or whatever else, there are places that have, or, there are grocery stores that have organic food that you can get with food stamps as well. I don't want, yep. I don't even want to hear that from the poor community because they're making it available oh. for them. The thing is, Absolutely. once you, once you've been told that it's available, now it's up to you. When you didn't know, hey, you know what you, what you know. So, you know, there's, there's a difference between being ignorant and stupid. You know, so the thing is, when you didn't know that you could actually go and take that EBT card or whatever and get better food choices, then you didn't know that. But once you're told you can do that and you still don't do anything about it, now you're, you're officially stupid and, and you don't even, give a damn. Even, even real food that's not organic is fine, right? You know, yeah, well, it's like, yeah. you know, if you get potatoes, rice, legumes, yeah. fruits and vegetables and it's not right. organic, that's not the worst thing in the world. Exactly. You're going to do okay. You know? Absolutely. And it's like it's the biggest cop out and it all starts at home. It's like yeah. you see these people that are like they're not just fat, they're inflamed. Right. You know, right. they're inflamed. They hurt every step. Yeah. Hurts. yeah. Every hurt you're in every step you're in pain. And it's like, I mean, that honestly, and uh, call me a softie, but that breaks my fucking heart. It does. Well, the, and, and the sad part about that, a lot of times they think that's normal now. Like, you know, I'm I'm hurting every day and that's just become part of my life. It doesn't have to be. You don't have it to be in have pain. To be. You know? I mean, it, that's one of the things I learned from working with fighters is that the problem is with fighters is that they tend to be like acceptable amount of pain. Right. And we try, right. we try to keep them out of it. We try to make it like, we want you in as little pain as possible, you know, if none. And it's like, you know, it's like that acceptable level of like, Oh, well, my knees hurt. My joints hurt. Right. To me, right. I'm constantly trying to get out of that. Right. I don't want that. That's not productive to me. No, you're, you're absolutely yeah, right. That's why recovery is so important. You know, I get yeah. I get massages once a week. I do sauna. I do cryosauna. Yep. I do yep. yeah. I do all that stuff because if I'm going to push myself hard, then I want to recover hard too. Make sure my but sleep is optimal. That's our play. That's what we do to play. I mean, ridiculous sound. Deadlifting to me is play. I love it. It makes me happy. Right. Doing sprints to me is play. Yeah, I love being fun. 47 years old and being able to move fast. Yeah, right. That's fun. I love doing plyometrics. There's so much stuff that I, at this age, and this is also from like I burned a lot of potential and a lot of time because like I, I'll out myself right now as a as a card carrying member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Like there's a lot of shit that I should have done that I didn't, and I'm making up for fucking time, man. It's like I was athletic as a kid, but I never took full advantage of it. And I in the past probably 15 to 17 years, I've really tried to maximize that and be like, you know what? By the time they're, you know, by the time I, I, I'm done with this with this body, I want to have achieved some things, and I want this body to be a good representation of that. That's yeah, why I look yeah. at like Steve Maxwell, and I'm like, yeah, that's some shit. I got a client who's 70 years old, ex Navy. You know, right when he got out of the Navy from Vietnam, he went out on tour playing trombone for Black Sabbath, and then with Cher. Most <laughs> people, wow. he says that Cher was worse than Vietnam. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it was like, and, and this guy, seventy years old, he's vibrant. He's got like five girlfriends. I'm like, I'm like, everybody, everybody in the dojo. Hey man, that'll keep you alive, or that'll kill you. So it's one of the. Other. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, you get a wish you killed you. Everybody in the dojo. either be a great a blessing or a total headache. <laughs> He'll die happy, you know. And it's yeah. like, I look at the guy who's like, he's living, living the life that he thinks is esteemable to him. He's not. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's you cool. know, and it's like, that to me is like, you know what? Yeah, he's a man. 
Well, I get, I get inspired by guys like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. The fact that everyone's like, oh, they're on the sauce. Who cares? You know, this, like Stallone is 70, man. 70. All right. He's going to do what he needs some, to do. He needs some sauce. He's ripped and he's 70. I don't care what he's on. Schwarzenegger, <laughs> same thing. You know, do what, you, do what you're going to do. Hey, when the stuff doesn't work for me anymore, then you know, when I'm 70, yeah, sign me up. I'll do it. Well, the, there'll be better stuff than what we have now. Yeah, exactly. That's the good news. Like hormone, hormone, hormone replacement therapy is going to be laughable compared to what's around the pipeline. There'll be stuff like stem cells that can go inside your body and rejuvenate organs that produce hormones naturally, you know, whether it's your pancreas for insulin, whether it's your testes for testosterone. That stuff's all just around the corner. So it's gonna, there's going to be way better things by the time we're at that age. Excellent. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, man. Anti- so much money is being thrown into anti-aging right now that there's a lot of cool, a lot of really smart people working on some really impressive stuff. So, Mike, does that mean 700 by 70? <laughs> yeah, say, hey, man, it might be 1400 by 70. Fuck it. Yeah. By the time we, by the time I've stopped the aging process with all these technological developments, sky's the limit. <laughs> That's great. No, performance enhancement is about to get out of control, man. Yeah. Like in the next 10 years, within the next 10 years, rather, it's going to be crazy the yeah. kind of stuff that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Get it. We're not even at the tip of the iceberg right now. Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, I like working I like working with, with the raw the, the raw template. Sure. You know, a big fan of it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I've got good genetics. I'm happy with what I am. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying people should yeah. rush towards anabolics, but uh, I'm not saying that you should rule them out completely. Like, I, I have people who email me that are in their 50s and – Maybe maybe my testosterone booster didn't work for them, and they're like, "What should I do now?" It's like, well, you know, TRT. I'm not saying go jump on it, but go have that discussion because yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, man. No, but that's quality of life, and there's nothing yeah, wrong exactly. with that. Exactly. So if, if you're not producing testosterone anymore, and you've exhausted all the natural options, then your choices are live with shitty ass levels and feel like crap for the rest yep. of your life, or do some form of hormone therapy or maybe something like Clomid or some other aggressive solution, HCG therapy, whatever it is, and feel great. Did you guys by chance see there was a little documentary? I don't forget. I don't remember who did it. On uh, there were senior senior weightlifters, and there was a competition. I think it was on the Clean and Jerk, and there was a big controversy because there was there was one of the guys was on was on TRT, and there all these oh, guys probably all, all of them. Yeah, well, no, no, there was only one guy, and the rest of them were bitching about like they're like, oh well, it's no fair because you know this is all I have, and he's cheating. But the, these guys were such sad sacks about it. They were like, oh, you know, this is all I have. But the guy who was on TRT was vibrant. It was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, well, I play golf and I play tennis and I have this life. And I've got oh, this man, we, we, we know a guy in the kettlebell world is a competitor. He just competed this past weekend, 74. Yeah. And I think he's probably yeah. – that was his best performance in uh, probably six years that he's competed. I, I, I met this, – this guy used to be an online client of mine long before he got in all this stuff. And I, yeah. met, I met him and his wife at an anti-aging conference. We went to one of Dr. Delgado's lectures together. <laughs> and I think he got on a lot of stuff soon after that – after that event, and then I saw him maybe two years later. It was night and day, yeah. night am, and day. I am hundred percent. The way he walked for, around was different. Yeah, I am a hundred percent for vibrant seniors. I have nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. At that point in the game, you know, it's like to me, quite honestly, if you're young in the game, especially in the fight game, if you're an amateur and you think that you have to do steroids because. It's going to help you out. If, if you have to do steroids as an amateur, you're never going to be a pro. It's pretty silly, man. You're 21 yeah. and you need something exactly. to boost your testosterone. Exactly. exactly. You know what? You're overtraining. It's that <laughs> yeah. um, You shouldn't have an over party. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. They're a professional's ace card. Okay. And I, I've trained in Thailand and I saw their stuff is so accessible over there. And I see these guys who are like, oh, well, I'm going to get on a cycle of clenbuterol 
And yeah, when I get back to America, I'm going to be like, you're going to you're doing Clembutable. You're going to be awesome on the run tomorrow morning. You know? <laughs> and these guys are throwing their lungs up on yeah, the Yeah, clenbuterol will make you feel like your heart's going to explode, man. Yeah, and people, like, people that tried ephedrine, imagine that times three. That's oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I miss that stuff. Ephedrine was no joke. It definitely works. The common sentiment when we bring that up on the show. Whoever we're talking to, Ephedrine definitely worked. Ephedrine was too much, though. I tried it many times. It was way too much for me. I was like, I couldn't eat. I'm jacked up all the time. It didn't. It didn't improve workout performance for me because you just felt fried all the time. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't like the feeling at all. We used to stack it with aspirin and yeah. Caffeine. Everybody, everybody yeah, did that. Caffeine. Yeah. That, that caffeine, was the caffeine, yep. aspirin, yep. epidrin. Yeah. Yep. And I used to. I would vibrate at a Jeez. speed only dogs Dude, could. I hear. would shake like oh, a crackhead, <laughs> man. Just like, yeah. Like, yeah. It was like you got nothing good. You just sat there like ah. Yeah, I know you're sitting there. This is. <laughs> it, it it did have a sparing effect though, where you were able to hold on to some muscle and burn fat. So no yeah. doubt about it yeah. that it worked as a fat burner. It wasn't just something that made you not eat. I mean, it definitely did that and gave you the jitters. It it definitely had a profound fat burning effect. I mean, you couldn't help but lose weight taking that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, just whether you effect, wanted to or not, yeah. the, the amount of havoc it wreaks on your heart though is just. I mean, well, it's your adrenals is what it really is. It, it shuts down your adrenal function. Like I had an online client years ago who was a former fitness competitor and she was addicted to ephedrine i mean she couldn't oh, wow. even, she couldn't even get up in the morning and get her day going without ephedrine so she abused it Holy so wow. much when she was a competitor that she, now she had to keep taking it just to feel normal and her adrenals were shot i mean just shut down not producing cortisol just shut down oh, so sweetheart. it really fucks up your adrenal system i mean you're, you're if you you want your adrenals to be healthy where you have good energy without taking anything coffee nothing you wake up in the morning Within 15 minutes of getting out of bed, your energy should be good without taking a thing. You know that's a sign yeah. that your adrenal system's working really well. A lot of people have really bad adrenal fatigue, where what happens is they wake up, no energy. Middle of the afternoon, no energy. Early afternoon, no energy. Late, yeah, yeah. So two in the morning, <laughs> bam, cortisol finally kicks in, and then you can't sleep at night, and you're stuck in this oh, vicious, that, cycle. Like a vicious cycle. They, they need to move to Australia if they're in the US. <laughs> so we so can just try to make it match up, man. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. one of the things I gotta say thank you to is, is that. You've brought a lot, like, I remember when, uh, when, like, when Jopper, Jopper was like gonna do, he put you on the podcast, his podcast, and, uh, he was like, you know, what should I ask him? And the first thing I said was hormone optimization, because the guy's got mad science. And it's like one of the things, like, you were one of the first people that really started addressing it in our, our avenues. And that led to, like, people starting to recover better and starting to look at, look into, like, oh, well, it, maybe if I improve my, my recovery, it improve my quality of like my 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 physical life and people don't think about that because we have this stupid like i'll sleep when i'm dead and no pain no, no gain, pain no gain. well sleep yeah. because of the death and all this other stuff yeah. yeah well i mean one of the reasons why pre-workout formulas are so popular is because people need it trainers i mean because they're so yeah. tired that they need this overly stimulation kick just to get a workout going yeah and my, my attitude i don't like pre-workout drinks with stimulants i don't like it at all because it gives you a false sense of security. It's like, you yeah. know, if, you, if you're really tired, don't work out that day. Skip it. Yeah, I mean, you I, should be I, naturally energetic going into a workout. Something like my testosterone booster with the Makuna, which perks up your brain, that should be more than enough. I take yeah. two caps of that before I work out. I feel fantastic. I haven't tried that. I usually just take the, take the testosterone booster right, like straight out of bed. Like, you know, I do yeah, try taking try taking two caps an hour before your next workout. I find it works right, really well because the, that, yeah. the Makuna really helps with the mind body connection, so your focus is just dead on. Well, I'm in training like right now. I'm in training for uh, 
like we've got these shows coming up, so I kind of like treat those like events. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm back. I'm back on. You know, I cycled off it. I'm back on the test the test boosters, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna start doing that then. That yeah, I mean, I, and you're a body weight. Two caps, two times a day is not bad. I did two caps, two times a day for the last five weeks. I did some blood work. I didn't have a, a, a really a, a bigger increase in testosterone, but what I wanted to see is if there would be any negatives. And I'm happy to say no, no elevation in liver enzymes. No uh, cholesterol actually was really good. 60 HDL total wow. cholesterol was only 186. Awesome. Like LDL was 100. You know, so I mean, the ratios are really good. Everything was really good with lipids and liver health. So I was happy to see yeah. that. But it wasn't so much. I, I didn't. But that, and I, I will preface it with this: I had three nights of really crappy sleep because one of my dogs has been a little bit ill, so that was waking me up in the middle of the night. So I, I, was, I actually wasn't going to get the blood work done because I figured the numbers would be screwed up. Then I was like, ah, this would be a good test to see how if this stuff actually helps keep my levels from plummeting under these circumstances. And it was, you know, my levels were pretty good under the circumstances. So I think there's no negative to taking two caps two times a day of your body weight. I'm not quite sure there's an additional benefit for your testosterone levels, but there's definitely a benefit in taking two caps an hour before you work out. No doubt about that. All right. Then I'm going to, I'm going to sort that. Yeah, cool. try it out. Try it out. I find Excellent. a lot of my customers say it's their favorite pre-workout ritual, you know, two caps cool. right before. If you take two caps with a cup of coffee, I bet that'll you'll be flying. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> I speak from experience. Listen, guys, I got to run. Okay, yeah, we got, got we got to wrap this up too. I got to so. get rolling. Cool, man. Where can people where can people find out more about you, Gavin? Um, best place is gavinvanblack.com. Uh, that's my website. That or you can reach out to me at physicalculturecollective.com. www.physicalculturecollective.com. That's my facility. Um, any plans for Burn to do some more shows? Like uh, yeah, actually, stuff? we're we're playing we're playing in London on uh on oh nice fourth, and then we're playing uh. Los Angeles three days after that. Oh, we're playing, awesome. uh, two shows in Santa Ana, one show in Berkeley, uh, San Francisco area. Los and Angeles, then, what's the date on that one? Uh, that is the 6th and 7th, and then the 8th we're in Berkeley, and I think the 9th we're back in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'll try to make it down there for that. That would be show. awesome. Yeah, I'm also going to put you in touch with Matt Pike, who's our booking agent. Okay. If you're not in touch with him already, because he handles a bunch of other acts too. Cool. So, cool. But awesome. yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. No it's been a blast. And uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll get you back soon. You take care. You have a good day. You too, man. Peace. Thank you. And that's our friend Gavin Van Black. Check out Burn. You can you can check out their albums on YouTube. You can I think it's even on Spotify and yeah. avenues like that. They've got some really cool stuff. It's more and more some of the some of the listeners were like, Yeah, some of that stuff is too intense for me. Well, you'll you'll probably like Burns, it's a little bit more melodic. You can actually you can actually hear the words that the singer say. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you, what you can also do is use that coupon code LLA to get ten percent off the best nutrition supplements. I've also got hormone optimization lectures. You can download ten percent off. You can get my how to make six figures as a fitness professional. All kinds of products and services, along with the best nutrition supplements at MikeMahler.com. And how about with you, man? Yeah, same thing. Head over to NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the same coupon code LLA. Ten percent off all my products uh, especially the weight management course man you know really want to start stressing that um, one of the things yeah. i saw an interview that gavin had done and like one of the things he was talking about was you know that we spend people spend so much time worrying about weight loss and not body composition and that's usually where they get in trouble because it's just so much easier to tell somebody you know you need to lose this amount of pounds but next thing you know you have these people to lose this um this 
big amount of weight, but then they've got this flabby skin and all this other stuff that's going on, even on these reality shows. You see it all the time when they come back, man. It's like, wow, their arms are still flapping and everything else, and they end up having to get surgery a lot of times to do all this stuff. Again, because they did too much too soon and didn't give the body time to adapt. You know, right. and, and the one thing about the weight management course, it's about learning how to really feed your body, how to train your body, and actually train for body composition and not for weight loss. And right. once we start changing our language and start focusing on that, then I think a lot of us will be a lot healthier. And again, everything else will take care of itself. So those aesthetics, the way you look and all that, that will come as a byproduct when you're focusing on the body composition. And so when you're training for that, like what we've been talking about through the whole show, about deadlifts and, and you know, actually just training to be stronger, everything else is going to come along with that. So right. this helps make this stuff a lot more understandable. Because I know a lot of times we talk about things on the show that sometimes it's like, you know, <laughs> some people are like, okay, I, I don't even understand what he's talking about right there, but it sounds cool. And we, we don't want to take the stance like some of these other well, I mean, so-called it's because, gurus. It's because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's why you don't understand. Okay? You're a fucking well, moron. Well, you know? So take some responsibility for that. <laughs> well, luckily, luckily they have me on the show because I, 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 I reiterate things two or three times and make it explain it in a different way to make people understand because that's what an instructor does because they understand that I'm an instructor. You know, yeah, so yeah. You, you talk I, too much, man. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that odd? Like, really? No, what's, cool, yeah, what's cool about your uh, program also is that you're you're professing a balanced approach. So you're not going to say, okay, let's do zero carb for eight months and then uh, right. you know, no no uh, no protein for a week. You know, you're, you're talking about a balanced, sustainable approach exactly. to nutrition and health and wellness. Exactly. So, yeah, use that coupon code and get 10% off of that. I mean, it's well worth it. I mean, it's a 12-week course, but you can always come back at any time, and you can download the, the PDFs, the videos, the audio. So it's, it's multimedia, man. So it's not just an ebook. or And then, and then they have access to you, right, if they have questions yeah, about Yeah, email me. You know, they have yes, all that. You, you know, so yeah. that's a good way to get in touch with me via email. If you're a customer, hell yeah, I'm talking yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I res- <laughs> that's the thing about Gavin. He's a customer of mine, so I, I respond fast to my customers. Exactly, man. I don't. <laughs> other people, I put them in a get back to you later. <laughs> File. <laughs> you're, you're being put in queue, okay? Which, which, which could be anywhere from 24 hours to, to never. 24 you know? months. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's one one thing you can do by going over to the website and doing that. Or another thing you can do is head over to Patreon.com/LLAPodcast, become a monthly supporter of the show, and that kind of gets you in there too. You got a question? We can reach out to you as well because you're supporting the show. So the, the, we we love, like I said, we love our fans, real fans out there, and you know, of course, we're going to support you because you are supporting us and. And third, but not least, you can go over to iTunes, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to TuneIn, whatever you listen to the show on, go there, rate us, review us, share the episode, go on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you choose to use to be on social media, you know, make sure that you add us as part of that, that whole process as well. Let the world know that, hey man, I love this show and you should love it too. You don't love it? What the hell's wrong with you? There you go. So <laughs> you want to be around like-minded people. If they're not listening to the show, you got to get rid of those folks or you got to turn them over here to where you are, man. Yeah, it's get a real on your test level. of whether someone's a, a true friend. I mean, come on. If you, don't, if you don't have this show in common, then it's time to reprioritize so what the hell's wrong that with person's you, place in your life. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> so, man, you yeah. may, I mean, a divorce may be around the corner. Let's be honest, let's be honest here, man. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. So there you go, folks. Another great week. Lots of great stuff down the pipe, man. Keep it locked in, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Take care.